Good evening. Welcome to the uh, Planning Commission. It's uh, Tuesday, August 13th. Can we start with roll call? Councilmember Miller? Here. Marzo? Here. Lynn? Here. Wick? Here. Pierre? Benedetti Petrick? Petnick? Excuse me. And Wolpert? Here. Welcome, everybody. Um, tonight we have a little bit of uh, preliminary business to do. We have um, some new members who I did not have a chance to work with last time we met, so it's good to see everybody here tonight. You too. And uh, someone who was not here last time was uh, Gina Benedetti Pitnick. Right, right. So we need to swear you in tonight. And Mr. Danley, are you going to do those honors? Claire. Um, oh. oh, I'm not okay. the clerk is here to do that. So we actually have someone qualified to do that. So. All right. <laughs> Don't screw up. Okay. I'm let you hold on to this because they want to hear you, not me. Okay. Okay. And you have to talk pretty close to it. So if you raise your right hand, so you can hear. Thank you. And repeat after me. I state your name. I, Gina Benedetti Petnick. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. The Charter of the City of Petaluma. The Charter of the City of Petaluma. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear truth, faith, and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. The Charter of the City of Petaluma. The Charter of the City of Petaluma. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully. And that I will well and faithfully. Discharge the duties. Discharge the duties. Upon which I am about to enter. Upon which I'm about to enter. Thank you. Congratulations. Okay. Welcome, Gina. Thank you. Uh, one other um, item of housekeeping: we have uh, two committees that are normally uh, served by liaisons of the Planning Commission. They are the uh, Pedestrian and Bicycle Advisory Committee and the Tree Committee. And uh, they are looking for our representation. Is there anyone that would like to serve on those committees? I'll serve on the, uh, the Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Committee. Okay. Is there anyone else interested in that? Do we need to? I'll take whatever. I'll take trees. I love trees. Okay. That makes it easy. Then um, Commissioner J.T. Wick will take the uh, Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee. And uh, Commissioner Benedetti Petnick, Petnick will take the um, Tree Committee. Good.
Now, um, Chair Wolpert. Pardon? So, just for clarification, we're going to continue the elections for chair and vice chair until we have a full commission. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. We will agendaize that on the next on the next agenda when we have a the full seven. When uh, Commissioner Pierre returns. So approval of the minutes from the last meeting. I believe I was the only person not in attendance there. Do I have? Uh, so moved. Okay. Second. So moved and seconded. Passed. Yeah, Any? as if there's we've we've kind of started doing it the way the council does it, where if there's no objections or changes, then yeah, they move forward. Okay. So great. Okay. Public comment. Um, we will start with public comment for items that are not on tonight's agenda, but let me explain some things that will apply to the public comment period for the items that will be on the agenda. And that is that uh, anyone in the public is welcome to speak. There are speaker cards in the back that you, we would appreciate you filling out, just your name and address. You can turn them in um, to Jenny over here and they will be passed up to us. You have uh, three minutes and um, if you want to speak on uh, someone else's behalf, they can cede their time and you can speak for up to nine minutes. So one person would have three minutes and you can take the time of two other people if you choose or if they want that. But they have to be here in the room. So if you are going to speak for nine minutes, you and two other people who, who are ceding their time to you must be here. So I hope that's clear. So right now, I would like to go to public comment for anything that is not on tonight's agenda. Is anybody here for that? Okay, seeing uh, nobody rise, we'll um, move on to the planning manager's report. Thank you. I just have um, two items I wanna bring to the commission's attention. Um, the Lynch Creek project, which um, the commission heard last at the last meeting is scheduled to go before the council on September 9th. And then also, um, as many of you know, the council has been doing monthly workshops on different items, um, items that are on the council's work plan that need some more in-depth discussion before um, staff either works on policy updates, code updates, um, and the workshop in September at this point is scheduled to talk about some of the zoning items that are included on the council's work plan. So that's scheduled for the 23rd of September. That's the fourth Monday of the month. So right now that is scheduled. You're looking at me like that doesn't make sense, but. Usually they're the second Monday of the month. 
Usually it's one, two, usually we have a meeting the one, first, two, three, a workshop the second, and another meeting the third. It might be the fourth, but and that I would be. And I think this time it's the fourth because the second is your first meeting because the because first of Labor is Day. Labor Day. Okay, all right, that makes sense then. Okay. Good job. Um, so that is a workshop that we will be talking about some of items that might be of interest to the commission, um, and I would encourage you to stay tuned on that. So. Okay. That's all I have for this evening. Okay. Moving to uh, Commissioner and liaison reports. <laughs> Commissioner Miller, may I start with you? You may. Um, with respect to the council, we had um, a an introduction of the um, massage ordinance, um, which after lots of tinkering and lots of community input, um, was well received and we anticipate that will be adopted at our next meeting. Um, we also appointed some additional uh, community members to uh, boards and um, commissions uh, including uh, Gina. Uh, welcome Gina. And um, that's about it. Okay, great. Thank you. Commissioner Marshall, do you have uh, anything you'd just like to inform us of? Nothing to report at this time, thank you. Okay. Nothing to report either. Nope. Nope. All clear. All right. <laughs> so, the first item of business is actually old business, and we are being directed by staff to continue this item, um, that item being the Riverfront Project on Hopper to a future date that is uncertain at this time. Um, does anybody have any objections to that? Uh, to the chair, just wondering what the, what the uh, reason is for the continuance. Uh, we're working on responding to some of the comments that came in on the initial study in the uh, mitigated neg deck and working with some of the consultants to respond to those, okay. those items and just need a little extra time. Okay, great, thank you. So just, just to formalize this, uh, those in favor of continuing this? Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Aye. Okay, okay, it's unanimous. Thank you. All right. Now we have the new order of the Maria Drive Apartments and uh, we look forward to the staff presentation. Thank you and good evening, um, Chair, Planning Commissioners. Um, the project before you is the Maria Drive Apartments um, being proposed at 35 Maria Drive. The applicant is requesting a general plan and zoning map amendment, as well as site plan and architectural review for a 144-unit apartment complex with a 3,500 square foot community building and associated access and parking and landscape and signage improvements. Um, although the Planning Commission is not making a uh, decision on SPAR tonight, um, staff is prepared to present a, a description of the project, so it allows the Planning Commission an opportunity to provide some feedback to the applicant um, as he moves forward with this project. Um, an initial study and mitigated NEC deck has been prepared for this project and was circulated. 
Um, the project is located at 35 Maria Drive. Um, surrounding the project site, um, to the east is the Addison Ranch apartment complex, which is a 244 square or 244 unit apartment um, complex. To the south is a ball field and elementary school. To the west and southwest is the Washington Square Retail Shopping Center. And further beyond that, um, on the other side of McDowell Boulevard is Plaza North and Plaza South Retail Shopping Center. Uh, north of the project site, uh, immediately north is the Washington Creek and on the beyond that is uh, single family residential development. Existing general plan land uses um, for the project site is a mixed use designation across the street on Maria Drive. Um, the Addison Ranch apartment complex is on, is, has a land use designation of mixed, or sorry, medium density uh, residential. Um, and then the uh, existing development to the north is a low density residential. And then the commercial uh, shopping centers to the west are both um, have a land use designation of community commercial. The applicant is requesting the amendments um, for modification of the general plan land use designation for mixed use to high density residential. Um, this would allow a density of between 18.1 to 30 units per acre. Um, they are also requesting modification to the zoning map from PUD medical office to R5. Um, the amendments would allow densities that are within the range of what's allowed currently. Um, under the mixed use designation, a maximum residential density of up to 30 units um, per acre would be permitted. The uh, general, general plan policies that support the proposed amendment include uh, general plan policy 1P1, which promotes a range of land uses at densities and intensities to serve the community needs within the urban growth boundary and general plan policy 1P2, which encourages the use of land efficiently by promoting infill development at equal or higher densities than what is existing in the surrounding sites. Um, in evaluating whether to support and um, the project, uh, staff evaluated a few things. Um, they re we reviewed the economic development newsletter that's on the um, city's website. Um, and was prepared by the Economic Development uh, Department. Um, we also reviewed uh, information submitted by the applicant as well as had discussions with the Economic Development Manager. And staff concluded that office vacancy rates currently are at or above, or have been at or above 25% for the last six years, continue to be 25% currently. Um, office vacancies for the project site currently are at 50% approximately. And in comparison, rental vacancy rates for housing, uh, for rental housing, are currently at approximately 2%. In addition, the applicant submitted a report prepared by Bay Area Economics. Um, in that report, um, the uh, Bay Area Economics concludes that the site is suitable, is more suitable for multifamily residential um, development given its proximity to um, existing re retail development, the park, the schools, um, and also staff concluded that the site is so close to uh, transit, it's really close to the transit transfer facility um, and within walking distance to that facility. The report also concluded that the site is not suitable for mixed use retail or office 
um, due to the lack of visibility from major roadways and the existence, existence of retail, so much um, retail nearby when within walking distance of the um, project site. In addition, the lack of residential densities um, to support retail just don't justify the, the retail, additional retail on this project site. Um, the report also included a um, vacancy rates for retail components of a mixed-use project to be at 14 to 29 percent, which is much higher than the overall densities for retail um, in the, within the city, which are currently at about 11 percent. And again, um, reiterated the fact that office vacancy rates um, within the city are at about 25 percent. Um, the proposed zoning map amendment from PUD Medical Offices to R5 Residential would implement the general plan amendment being requested tonight. R5 is consistent with high density residential land use designation. The amendment would allow density residential densities that are consistent with the mixed use density that is um, uh, the land use designation of the project site now. And the amendment would facilitate development of the parcel with the 144 unit development being proposed by the applicant. Um, the application or the general plan amendment was um, routed to the or request was routed to the Native American Indian tribe um, as required by SB 18. Um, staff contacted the Federated Indians of Great and Rancheria and they requested consultation and provided some feedback on um, mitigating impacts that would result from um, accidental discoveries of either cultural resources or human remains. Um, and those were incorporated in the initial study. Staff has not received any additional follow-up um, for a consultation from the tribes since releasing the initial study. Um, for the reasons that I just discussed above, staff is recommending um, a approval of the general plan amendments and zoning map amendments. Although tonight's hearing is not SPAR, as I mentioned, this is a good opportunity for the Planning Commission to provide some feedback to the applicant as he continues um, to move forward with his application request. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go over the project description that is being proposed on this site. Um, this uh, access points are proposed. Um, this is a 144-unit apartment complex being proposed on the site. Access is proposed on the northern and southerly boundaries. Those access points align with Park Lane um, on the southern part of the boundary of the property and then um, the driveway for Addison Ranch on the northern boundary. There are six uh, residential buildings. Three of the buildings are located along Maria Drive oriented towards Maria Drive and then three of the units are or the buildings are located towards the interior. Um, there are 15 parking spaces within enclosed garage units and a total of 134 spaces within uh, carport structures throughout the site and the remaining uh, parking spaces would be located in uncovered spaces also um, throughout the site. There's a total of um, 252 parking spaces being proposed in compliance with the in implementing zoning ordinance. The interior of the site um, is the location where the uh, community building would be. It also has the uh, community pool and tot lot area as well as some passive use areas. Um, 
Other amenities that the project proposes is includes 144 bicycle parking spaces, which is well above and beyond what the um, zoning, the implementing zoning ordinance requires. There's also um, in total over 60,000 square feet of open space and common use areas. Um, the units would be would have at least eight accessible units and three sensory impaired units. Um, this slide shows the rear and front elevations for Building A. There will be two building types, Building A and Building B. Um, the applicant's proposing a mix of colors and materials. Col uh, materials include a mix of board and batten, horizontal lap siding, and stucco, as well as some um, stone veneer at the base of the buildings and at the um, entryway to the units. This slide shows building B. Um, the variation in, or the difference in the two buildings basically are in the roof design and then the window placement and size. Um, but the same type of, the same mix of materials and, and colors are being proposed on this building as well, including the board and batten, the horizontal siding, and the stucco, um, stucco siding. These, this slide shows um, elevations for buildings A and B. Um, again, the same difference is that it, it's the differences in the roof and then the, build, uh, the window placement and window sizing. But the same materials and same colors are being proposed or similar colors are being proposed for the two buildings. This slide shows a rendering along Maria Drive to give you an impression of what Maria Drive um, how that build, how the buildings are oriented along the Maria Drive, and then the three buildings towards the back. This kind of gives you an idea how the community building and the swimming pool and common use areas are kind of tucked into the interior of the lot, surrounded by all the units, so that all units have access to this this common use area. This slide shows the community building. Again, the same type of uh, materials and colors are being incorporated into the community building. Um, and the same veneer and tree portico um, is being proposed on this building. This slide was submitted by um, the applicant in response to some concerns that were um, provided regarding privacy. Um, the slide shows that there's approximately 64 feet from the property line to the first, um, the closest residential building, the closest three-story residential building, um, and a total of more than 140 feet between that residential building to the property line on the adjoining development to the north. Um, the orange line shows what the approximate line of sight would be. Um, this is assuming a between five to six foot fence. Um, and it looks, you know, it, there's a line of sight directly into, the, you know, to the building, but in general, it's the, the outdoor area is, is screened. In addition, the applicant is proposing um, landscape being that includes a mix of trees along that northerly property line. So um, their staff feels that there's, there's enough um, being done to address privacy. And the lower um, cross-section shows what um, it gives you an impression of what the uh, how far away the pro the buildings would be from Maria Drive and the distance between the first building to the building across the street on Maria Drive. There's over 90 feet between those two buildings. 
the applicant is proposing a wrought iron fence along the northerly boundary to replace an existing um, chain link fence. Um, this wrought iron fence would be about six feet tall and would be um, separated by you know columns every three to four feet apart. The same wrought iron fence is being proposed along the front property line. Um, however, staff is um, recommending a condition of approval that requires that fence to be reduced in height to comply with the implementing zoning ordinance, which requires, which allows no more than 42 inches in height. Um, in addition, staff is um, recommending a condition of approval that would require breaks in the fence lines so that it's consistent with the breaks in the building to allow some interior pedestrian circulation. Um, so an initial study in mitigated neck deck was circulated. This initial study um, identified impacts to aesthetics, air quality, biology, cultural resources, geology and soils, hydrology, noise and traffic, and concluded that these impacts could be uh, mitigated to less than significant. Um, the initial study was circulated for a 20-day public review period and then um, with a corrected notice extending that comment period for a total of 35 days. Um, the public notice was sent to neighboring property owners and residents within 500 feet of the project site. It was also published in the Argus Courier and filed with the county clerk. Staff did receive some comments um, and uh, addressed those comments in staff report. Um, there were some late comments that came in. Um, most of those comments I think were already addressed, but if there's any comments that the Planning Commission would like us to address, I'd be happy to, to respond to those. Um, staff did receive, excuse me, a late notice, a late comment um, that I would like to briefly discuss. Um, as it was late in the evening, I did not have a chance to, to uh, respond to it in writing. However, um, there were some points made um, regarding biology that the initial study did not adequately address um, biological impacts um, and that the and did not address biological impacts to the corridor's habitat and wildlife. However, staff um, staff contends that there, the biological section did address fully the um, impacts on biology. There were no direct impacts because the project does not include any construction or or tree removal or it doesn't involve the creek at all. Um, the direct, indirect impacts were addressed in the hydrology and geology section and those um, in, uh, mitig through mitigation measures, those mitigation measures address um, erosion control, stormwater runoff, um, and so staff feels that those issues have been addressed in the initial study. Um, the traffic, the, there was a question about the traffic study. It, the letter indicates that um, the intersection of Washington Street and North McDowell um, Boulevard go from a level of service D to an unacceptable level of service E. However, um, the traffic story concludes that impacts, that traffic would be at level of service D, um, assuming that, um, uh, assuming pipeline conditions, that's assuming the projects that are in the pipeline now are constructed. Um, and with the, this is without the proposed project. Um, with the proposed project, level of service would continue to be at an acceptable levels of service E. 
the project would contribute one second delay. So staff did not feel that that was a significant contribution and that the initial study adequately addresses traffic as well. Allie, can I jump in really quickly and just clarify? What that was is in the existing PLUS pipeline, pipeline is all the projects that are submitted, maybe approved but not constructed, but existing PLUS pipeline, it's at a level of service E. Existing PLUS pipeline PLUS project, so when you add the project in it, it remains at a level of service E. So, so it's a one second increase in delay, but it doesn't change the level of service. The level of service does not decrease as a result of this project. So just making sure that that Thank you. is clear. Um, and then it's, it's at the cumulative scenario that it comes back up to D because of the um, traffic, the infrastructure improvements that are called for in the general plan, such as Rainier. Just wanting to clarify. That's very helpful. Thank you. Okay, so before I move on to staff recommendations, I would like to um, uh, bring up some corrections that um, staff received some um, information that there were some incorrect information in some of the um, documents submitted, and so I wanted to go down the list and go through those. First of all, um, by starting with um, the project across the street from this project site, Addison Ranch Apartments. Um, it is, it is a 224-unit apartment complex on 17.92 acres. The initial study and staff report identify it as a 9.76-acre parcel. So that wanted to make a note that that's a correction to initial study page 7 and staff report pages 2 under site characteristics for the east of the project site and under page 7, the last paragraph. And that brings the resulting density to 12.5 units per acre for the Addison Ranch apartment complex. In the initial study, page 38, um, the first full paragraph at the top of the page describes Capri Creek. That should be changed to Washington Creek, which is located immediately north and not east of the project site. In that same paragraph, the last sentence, um, or second to the last sentence in that paragraph, delete Sunrise Park. And then the last paragraph needs to be deleted. Sorry, the last sentence needs to be deleted. So the second to last paragraph on that, Sunrise Park would have to be deleted. For you. Sorry, I just want to make sure everyone's caught it. it sounds like Commissioner Marso might be. And then under attachment A, um, which is one of the resolutions, second whereas it should read the project is subject to the general 
to the Petaluma General Plan 2025 adopted on May 19, 2008. So the changes to add the project is I'm sorry, would you repeat that one again? Sure, under attachment A, right. the second whereas, it should read, the project is subject to, and then the rest of the sentence. So insert the project is. Under the SPAR draft findings and conditions of approval, um, condition one and two, need to change the reference from Lynch Creek to Maria Drive Apartments. And then item six needs to be deleted as it um, refers to a different project. And item nine should be revised as follows. The applicant shall be subject to all applicable development fees. Said fees are due at time of issuance of building permit. And delete the elimination of the specific development fees, but all applicable development fees. Item 16 um, states the gate on the southerly side. It should be the northerly side of the lot. last item I wanted to bring up is not necessarily correction but just clarification um, regarding attachment L there are a list of green initiatives that were submitted by the applicant um, just wanted to clarify that these green initiatives are just are consistent generally with the Cal Green tier 1 um, requirements um, there are some items that would need to be modified to comply and the and staff will work with the applicant to make sure that they comply with Cal Green tier 1 for example under recycled job waste diverting more than 50% of construction that should be 65% um, the water efficient shower heads faucets and fixtures that should be 20% over standard low flow so staff will continue to work with the applicant to make sure that they comply with our um, Cal Green Tier 1 requirements. I believe that's it for the corrections. Um, with that, uh, staff recommends that the Planning Commission provide initial feedback to the applicant regarding site plan and architectural review on the proposed Maria Drive apartment project and adopt resolution recommending City Council approval of the initial study mitigated negative declaration Resolution recommending City Council approval of a general plan amendment to change the land use designation of the project site from mixed use to high density residential 
and a resolution recommending city council approval of a map amendment to rezone the site from PUD medical and office to R5. And that concludes my report. The applicant is here, um, is um, expecting to make a presentation. Um, their consultants are here as well, so if there are any questions, um, they were, they're available. And I'd be happy to answer any questions as well. Are there any questions for staff? I had a couple of questions. Um, first of all, just so I'm clear, uh, changing from mixed use to the um, high density residential doesn't change the density allowed on the site at all, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and the applicant is proposing 144 units. Have you done the math so you can tell me what the maximum number of units uh, are? That it turns out to be about 25 uh, units per acre. It's like 24 point something. So okay. So, um, the maximum, so the maximum unit count would be what? 176. 176 is the maximum unit count? That would be permitted on the site? Uh -huh. Oh, um, yeah, I haven't done the math on that. Is it 176? Okay. Um, I didn't want to do the math while I was sitting up here. Um, and then I had a question. I was a little unclear. You were talking about the wrought iron fence. And I understand that um, the applicant is proposing it go along the northern boundary. And then also along Maria Drive. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And so you were saying, um, I wasn't clear about the six feet to, did you say 42 inches? Um, they're requesting a six-foot high fence right um, along the Maria Drive frontage staff is um, recommending a condition of approval that requires them to reduce the height to 42 inches but that's Compliant. just along the Maria Drive along portion. Maria Drive right. okay that's what I wasn't clear if that was all the way across or just Maria Drive just along Maria Drive okay um, and I think that's I think that's it for right now. Commissioner Marzo. Thank you. Um, with respect to the wrought iron fence again, so the pedestrian gateways, for lack of a better word, are going to be along the Maria Drive? Um, along Maria Drive and not the northerly side, not along the creek. There right. would be, um, with conditions of approval, requirement to install a gate at the northerly boundary along the path along the to path, provide okay. some access to that path and um, that would be one and that would one. be one yeah i mean I, that's what staff is recommending mm -hmm. if there's a you know a requesting input from the planning commission would be that would be helpful if there's an, a, a re, uh, request for additional uh, fences or gates there um, and then along maria drive um, uh, staff is recommending that there be some break in the fence line so that there's access there's an ease of pedestrian circulation mm -hmm. there between the um, site and ease of access to the sidewalk and okay. encouraging pedestrian access and uh, with respect to the creek side um, I know in uh, some of the letters from uh, concerned residents um, with respect to the proximity to people's uh, backyards and um, the back of their homes. Is there a minimum number of trees? Um, is there a number there in terms of, of trees to be, to be planted in order to, to help mitigate that? Um, the applicant is proposing approximately 19 trees on that side. Um, I'll just see if I can go back. 15. 
Um, so you'll see the there's There are 10 trees on the, just behind the carports, mm -hmm. but in between the carports there are landscaping fingers where additional trees would be landscaped as, would be installed as well. And so, and then closer to the, to the driveway access point, there would be another four trees. Okay. So there, yeah, so there's about mm, 20 trees along that side. Okay. Thank you. Sure. I'm sorry. I had one more question. Um, there's no parking on Maria Drive right now on the side that's closest to the project, right? So you can park over where at, on the side where Addison Ranch is, but you can't. My recollection is there's no parking on that Maria that side of Maria Drive. That will continue, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, and right, and there is a condition of approval recommended by the city engineer that um, would ask them to install red curbing along that side to, to make that clear. Okay, and that, that helps, the purpose of that is to help the sight lines around Maria Drive as it curves? Correct. Okay, all right, thank you. Commissioner Lynn? just have uh, one quick question. Were there any comments from the existing tenants? I, I mean, I assume we've received all written comments. Um, Good question. Um, I don't recall anyone identifying themselves as, as a tenant, um, you know, expressing concerns. I mean, I suppose there may have been, but there was no one identifying themselves as a tenant of that site. So. And, and. Commissioner Wood? Sure. Uh, did the condition of Maria, Maria Drive as it uh, goes along the project frontage. Did that come at all? Come up at all during the uh, project evaluation? Uh, the condition of the roadway. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recall it coming up. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Pitnick. Uh, for the most part, my questions are relatively specific, and I don't think I don't think directed towards staff right okay. now so I'm good okay um, I just had a uh, question one uh, about the um, the pathway along Washington Creek um, what level of bike path is that um, that's a good question or I believe it's a bike path yeah level three It looks like it, it's a class one, identified as a class one bypath. Okay. And um, in terms of traffic mitigation, has anything changed in the status of the Rainier undercrossing? I, I think she's looking at me. <laughs> um, we are working on the environmental document um, expecting uh, an admin draft a revised admin draft perhaps even later this month on that undercrossing because what we're trying to do is get the necessary environmental approvals to work with the 101 project that's happening so 
when that gets raised it's it's done in a way that right so that we're working in conjunction with that so it's it's still in the general plan it was included in the revised um, development impact fees when those were calculated and those were changed that is funded okay. through development impact fees um, okay. so that's Mr. Chair, I'm usually not the one that gives the short answer, but um, just to, just so it's clear that, and I, I'm sure this is consistent with what Heather's, Heather's saying, but correct me if I'm wrong, short answer is no change. There's no change in terms of the city council adopted policies and process related to Rainier. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I have no further questions. So if um, commissioners have no further questions, we could go to the um, applicant's presentation and then we'll go to public comment. Can I bring one quick thing up? In attachment F, which was the um, project description that was submitted by the applicant, I want to clarify that there's a, um, there's a reference to a 12-foot tall um, wall along the property line. That is no longer part of the project that when it was originally submitted, there was a proposal for a 12-foot wall between this project and the back of the Safeway, Washington Square. That is not part of the project anymore. They're going to maintain the existing, I think it's a six-foot wall, if I'm not mistaken, that's there um, and maintain that. So wanted to make sure that was clear. Okay. Thank you for that. evening. Thank you, Ellie. Um, my name is Marty Brill. I'm with uh, JDA West. Uh, thank you for having us here today. Thank you for your public service. I'd like to start by uh, just saying thanks to staff. They've been uh, wonderful to work with, staff in the M group. Uh, appreciate them getting us to this point. Uh, I'd like to start by giving you an overview of JDA West. Uh, we're a multifamily development firm based in San Francisco. Our chairman, uh, George Johnson, and the Johnson Portfolio Companies has a strong track record of successful projects. Uh, for over 25 years, the Johnson Portfolio of Companies has developed award-winning apartment, hotel, uh, in, and industrial projects, including over 3,900 apartment units and 17 million square feet of development. Uh, the development and operation of these properties have resulted in positive impacts, not only on their residents, but also within the broader uh, communities in which they serve. Uh, recent portfolio awards have included uh, Green Partner of Excellence Award, Sustainable Communities Champion Award, uh, United Ways, uh, Circle of Excellence, Outstanding Leadership, and Volunteer Spirit Awards, along with Best sub uh, Suburban Apartment Community. I'd like to give uh, a little background on uh, our involvement with this site and the location. Uh, this is a strong location for apartments. Uh, we've got a transit-oriented project uh, located next door to a grocery-anchored retail center with the Safeway, uh, various shops and restaurants uh, and coffee shops and other neighborhood retail amenities. Uh, the Petaluma General Plan, as you know, also uh, includes uh, apartments in the, uh, the existing land use. 
Uh, as I mentioned, it's a transit-oriented project. It's across from McDowell Park, McDowell Elementary School, uh, and across from existing uh, multifamily apartments. Uh, and you know, in addition to having access to these local retail and transit amenities uh, in school and park, we've got access to the trail uh, immediately to the north of our project site. Uh, this uh, gives you a little bit of an overview of the existing uh, project uh, aerial. Uh, it's, we viewed this as an opportunity to redevelop a troubled property. In the uh, 1970s, this project was developed with an office complex. Uh, it's since fallen into some disrepair and tough times. It's uh, got a high vacancy rate. It's currently at about 50%. Uh, the opportunity to upgrade an underutilized site with a market rate apartment project was attractive. The, uh, the existing demand for apartments is strong, as I mentioned, in Petaluma with a market vacancy of just 2%. And again, the site is, uh, you know, it's complementary to its surrounding uses, which include existing uh, residential, retail, educational, recreational uses. As uh, part of our project design, uh, we included uh, the community and worked with staff uh, to design a project that uh, proposes m minimal uh, potential impacts on it on the neighbors and uh, complements the surrounding uses. Uh, we've done. Uh, a community outreach meeting, which included dis design discussion, which was held over at McDowell Elementary. Uh, there's been a conscious effort to uh, to reduce the density, be less intensive, contain fewer buildings, less residents, and fewer vehicles compared to the maximum that is uh, allowed. As uh, as Ali mentioned, our buildings are set back approximately 150 feet from the nearest neighboring property line on the other side of the creek. Uh, we're we're proposing generous landscaping and trees to provide additional uh, buffer along the property lines, uh, bike racks for 100% of the units in an effort to reduce uh, vehicular trips and promote healthy lifestyle. Uh, our CEQA uh, initial study concluded that the development doesn't result in any significant impacts. Uh, and as, a, as we mentioned, the project is less intensive uh, than already considered under the 2025 general plan. This, our, our proposal is for a luxury apartment community. Um, this will be positioned at the top end of the market, uh, not too different from a property like the Azure on Lakeville. Uh, we are proposing granite countertops, stainless steel appliances, crown molding, uh, central heat and air, washers and dryers in the units, open floor plans as part of the unit features. Uh, the community features include professional on-site property management, security patrol, uh, heated pool and cabana, outdoor kitchen and barbecue areas, generous, generous open space, uh, play area for children, and luxurious clubhouse and amenity building. Uh, as Ali mentioned, we are uh, proposing an environmentally friendly design. I won't go through all of this in detail. This has been included uh, as part of the staff report. But I would just like to say that you know we are supporting the community by bringing green building design and construction practices to Petaluma. Um, we're reducing vehicular trips by promoting high density infill housing near public transportation, schools, shopping, parks, uh, and trail. And you know this. Current design exceeds current Gal, Gal Green standards uh, by approximately twice the, the current requirement uh, the, uh, and will exceed the California Title 24 energy efficiency requirements by at least 
The project uh, is expected to generate positive economic benefits for uh, the community and the surrounding neighborhood. Um, the, uh, the economic impact, annual economic impact from the new residents is expected to be approximately $7.3 million annually. Uh, the project provides government fees of over $5 million, including contributions of approximately $1.7 million for traffic projects. Uh, contributions of six, approximately 600000 to the city's affordable housing program and approximately $500,000 to, to local schools. Uh, construction spending will generate approximately $34 million in business revenues and the projects will result in new local and state tax revenues of approximately $400,000 annually. Uh, as we discussed, this is you know, a luxury Class A development which will include uh, professional on-site property management, security patrol, lighted pathways, uh, and it's expected to benefit the neighborhood by uh, reducing crime, uh, removing conditions of blight, and stabilizing property values. With that, I'd like to turn it over to our architect uh, who will describe uh, some of the architectural detail and then we'll both be available for questions. Thank you. Thank you. So my name is Jonathan Ennis. I'm from BDE Architecture. It's a uh, firm in San Francisco that specializes in multifamily housing design. And I'm a resident of Petaluma. So it's very exciting to be here tonight in front of you guys. So thank you very much. And welcome to the new commissioners, by the way. Uh, I will not give my full pr presentation because we've already heard some of it twice. And I don't think we need to hear it a third time. So, but we can definitely come back and go through anything in more detail after with questions. Yes. I'm use that. Oh, the arrow keys, yes. Sorry about that. So this is a view from the creek. This is the view that we were talking about. We saw a few sections and some plans, and we've talked about all the setbacks. Uh, but what I did is I, I came up and I walked the site and I knew that to come here and describe this project to you guys, you would need to see a view from, from this area. So we're standing pretty much at eye level, roughly at the neighboring properties to the north, pretty much along those fences. And if you walk the site, you'll see we're not really, primarily those homes do not have their main windows right at the property line. They're kind of some back buildings and some windows, but if you, if you walk it, you'll kind of understand that situation. But we think we have a beautiful project. And it's a great transitional project here. We're not here to talk about all the details of the project. I know SPAR is, is that realm to do that. But what we find is uh, what we're planning is a transitional project from two-story apartments across the street and two- and three-story home, two-story homes across Washington Creek. We're transitioning to three stories here just adjacent to the Safeway and the uh, Washington Square shopping. So this project, although it is one, one story more, it's a nice transitional piece of architecture that's tuned to this site. And that view shows that. So I think everyone understands where we are. I'm not going to go through this. I think we've already seen that. Uh, but we, this is a little bit helpful because what we, we did here is just prepare for you guys a slide that shows the proposed data and the general plan data kind of next to each other. So you see there uh, the lot sizes there. The number of units we're proposing is 144. 176 are already allowed by right in the current general plan. So we're not asking, although the the going to high density, we're not asking for more units that is already allowed under the general plan. Uh, the setbacks 
are, as you see there, these are the, the minimum setbacks. Some of them are greater than that. So Maria Drive, 17 feet. Along the creek to the north, 64 feet. That's to the property line. It's about 150 feet to the actual homes across there. 80 and 60 feet to the Safeway. Uh, the site coverage is about 25%, so it's a nice open site. We, we, uh, I think we have a nice balance of built space and open space. Um, the usable space you see there, I'll try to use the pointer, uh, 400 square feet per unit is required, and by our count, we're at 900, so we're more than double. So there's, it's a, a, a lot of private and common open space, which is a nice amenity. The parking requirement is one per bedroom, but a minimum of 1.5, that's the requirement. We're at one per bedroom, actually we're at 1.75, so we're in excess of the minimum requirement. And, and 1.75, I know from experience, provides uh, for some visitor space. It's not all used by the tenants generally. That's a, that's a very good uh, parking ratio. The unit counts, if you're interested, it's about 50% two bedrooms, 20% one bedrooms, and 10% three bedrooms. I think that adds to 100. Um, and the unit plans are, are spacious. They're, they're very livable. I think you've already seen these slides about the architecture, but again, um, the appropriateness of this project, I think you can see the materiality is broken down in a vertical way and a horizontal way. So it's not a monolithic stucco building three stories high. We have some nice stone detailing, highlighting some of these, these elements. We're mixing in uh, uh, plast three coat plaster finish with horizontal and vertical siding. These are all materials that fit in not only to, to uh, Petaluma in general, but to the surrounding neighborhoods. You can see all these materials used in the neighborhood. So I think it's appropriate. We also are pointing out here the height of the building. This is uh, how it's measured in Petaluma. You measure to the average of the roof slope. We're at 38 feet. 45 feet is allowed. So we're eight feet under the allowable height. I think we've already seen this, but just to reiterate a little bit, we have a three coat plaster with paint, horizontal siding, of two different reveals and a vertical siding and some, some stone siding at, uh, highlighting entrances and some corner decks. All these materials, by the way, are the type of materials that you get points for in LEED and Greenpoint rated. They're all durable materials. They don't need to be replaced in 10 years. They're going to last a long time. Longevity is important and uh, the, the project will, will look nice for a while and that's important. Uh, this is just the highlighting building B. Again, reiterating the same things. I'll talk a little bit about the roofs. Uh, I think that the architecture is quite nice. It breaks the building up. It's not one long uh, gable roof. Uh, you have these highlights on the ends and in the center. So the perspective of the project as you walk or drive by, it's very interesting. It has a nice visual appeal as you move along the sidewalk. The materials, again, uh, a nice community building with excellent amenities that corresponds to the pool and play area appropriate to it. Um, this slide will look a little better without the lights on, but I think you kind of get the point. The, so the, we were talking about here, this has a, the lower fence. I think that's where we were talking about that, if anyone has that question. And that'll be broken for pedestrian access to the sidewalk. And then the other fence uh, you don't see in this slide, would, the higher one is here along uh, Washington Creek. Uh, so you can see the, the buildings are, are, are well set back from the adjacent uses, and uh, they're placed to create kind of a, a nice nestled community area in here with the community building and a quiet area for the play structure in the pool. Uh, so that, that's just speaking to why the buildings are arranged that way. They create that nice inner amenity. At the same time, the project is open and perforated to the neighborhood. Along here, so this is a, 
a view again of the creek. This is where this beige area represents the trail, the Washington Creek Trail. Uh, if you've been driven by the site, you see now a cyclone fence with the solid vinyl infill, creating kind of a strange, there's no eyes on the creek trail now, it's, uh, so it's not the best situation. This project is going to do the opposite. So we're going to put eyes, not only eyes on the street, we're going to put eyes on the trail. Uh, so we have the units along here. But none, no, no side of the project is a back or a side. All the faces of the project are fronts. So there's windows all the way around the project. So we have eyes on the creek and we have a, an ornamental fence. The posts aren't three feet apart. They're a little further apart. We'll show you in the rendering. But there'll probably be a gate that corresponds with this uh, pedestrian pathway. So there'll probably be a gate roughly here. That's the best place because you kind of have parking down here. So we see the, we see the revitalization of uh, Washington Creek Trail because this project is happening. I think it's going to be a great, become a, a, great, a better amenity and a, a, a nice, safe place for the folks in this apartment building and, and in the neighborhood in general to use. So again, uh, we'll end, kind of end where we started. So this is the fence. It doesn't show a gate yet. We'll get to that in SPAR, but there'll probably be a gate roughly here. And again, just reiterating, uh, you know, we have three-story architecture, but the roofs kind of break down that um, overall mass. We didn't go for a parapet-style building with any pop-ups or anything like that. It's nice and low-slung, fits nicely into the site, and you can see the trees that we're planting along there to create a softer edge and uh, give some of that uh, privacy along that edge of the project. So I think I'll end there. And if you have any questions about the plans or elevations or anything in detail, I think we can answer everything tonight. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else to go after me? All right. I'll just stand here. Sure. That, no, that's fine. Okay. I'm sure we have some questions. All right. Mission Pedek, you want to start with questions? Yeah. Um, a couple of things. <coughs> Where to start? Uh, the um, attachment L, the green initiatives, seem um, commendable, seem pretty standard. Not exactly best practices, kind of standard practices now, frankly. And and I'm and I applaud them, but I expect them. And and I'm wondering if any thoughts been given to um, uh, uh, some some PV solar on site, some uh, permeability in your paving material selections, um, some stormwater retention, um, stormwater filterings, again, just standard practice at this point. So I'm looking for over and above, and I'm thinking that, that this sort of project you know, probably has thought about that, but I'm not seeing it up here. Could you address? Sure. Well, you know, we're here really to talk about the general plan, so that's primarily what this is focused on, but you don't get through a general plan comment without discussion coming up, and the answer is yes, we've thought about all those things. And as a matter of fact, we've hired and we have on the, I'm a lead accredited professional, and we also have a green designer who's, who's on our team, who we use on a lot of our projects. And we have met and we've gone through the project, we've gone through all the Greenpoint rated systems, and we're certainly going to provide photovoltaic connections on the roof, so that can be added. Generally now, as you know, most people don't buy photovoltaics and put them on. Generally you lease it and you, you get a lower electricity rate that way, so the buildings will be fully set up to receive photovoltaics, number I'm one. I'm thinking site, 
I'm thinking PV umbrellas may be out in parking or common area. I'm thinking something, you know, that would be lending itself to the entire development, not you know, not on not on the roofs of those yeah. six buildings. Those are great ideas. It's it's very tough on this site because of the trees. We're planting some of the existing trees. So yeah. as you know, if you cast one little tiny shadow on a photovoltaic cell, the whole thing doesn't transmit. So I think we really want to have trees on the on the sides of the building. So that's a really tough one to have. Yeah. Um, but certainly the pool would have a solar hot water heater on the community building. Sure. Let, let me jump in real quick. We're, we are still evaluating the specifics of which green features uh, that we are going to provide. Uh, we are uh, we have gone through kind of a checklist, and you know we're approximately double the the current code requirement. Uh, as it relates to the specifics, we are still doing research. Some of the things like photovoltaics are a little bit easier if you've got um, a podium project with structured parking and a, a central boiler with the individual water heaters. That gets a little more challenging. Um, but we are evaluating these things, and we also are uh, looking towards the new, uh, both the new green standards as well as the new green, uh, as well as the new Title 24 energy code that's going to be coming out at the first of the year. Okay. I just want to add one little piece to that is the, the most appropriate green initiative that we're taking that's relative to the general plan, which is the kind of topic of this is putting a higher density project walkable to all these facilities. Absolutely. All of the greens, if you read any, and the most important thing you can do is put housing in this place. That's that's reduces the hydrocarbons and all the greenhouse gases and people driving to go buy a bottle of milk and drive home. Here you can walk there. That's the mm -hmm. most important green initiative that we're taking with the project. Yeah, I appreciate that very much, yeah. Um, can, can, uh, and this, you know, this may have been a staff question. I didn't, wasn't thinking that through. Do we know why the Washington Creek bike path on the north side is gated off? It's barricaded? I noticed that. I don't street. know. What's up with that? I, I, I can't answer it that. It looks off the like top. only one side. There's bike paths on both sides of that creek, but only one of them is, is, has access allowed. Right. So I don't know if I've, I've walked the neighborhood and I, I was really interested in that. So this side, which is the south side, is perfectly accessible. Yeah, yeah. And then the side that would, would it be here on the north side of the creek, there's a gate and it looks like it's never been opened and no one goes over there. And, yeah. and I don't know why. Yeah, it's kind of no man's land. Mr. Chair, it looks like there's some members of the public. But, but who might be good. able to address it later? Good, good. That's all for now. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think Commissioner Petnick had on a number of my my points. Um, I just remind the remind the council, excuse me, the the commission will during our deliberations here that we do have a general plan amendment in front of us. It does require a public interest finding, so there may be things that. Commissioner Petnick has mentioned and other things that other commissioners may be thinking about that might be more spark related but are also uh, things we can incorporate into the uh, general plan amendment decision so with that Commissioner Lynn uh, yes I have a couple of questions um, the first question is you know the trees that you have along that you plan on planting along the creek um, what's What's the maturity, like how many years does it take 
for it to grow at a certain height? Like, what what is it going to look, you know? And I, if you could address that. That's a really good question. So if you're familiar with Theater Square, the trees that are in the center of there. So that was our project. We did the uh, plans for that and got the permits. So those trees were planted not that long ago. And you can see there, they're beyond the height of the building. So we haven't chosen the specific trees for the project. We need to get kind of through this general plan, and then we'll design all the specifics. But the list of trees are all the ones that are appropriate. They're all decided by the city. They give you a list of trees that are appropriate to the climate zone here. And they would, they would reach maturity roughly, the, as you see in this, in this image here, um, within five to 10 years. I'd also like to add to that that this particular image reflects um, a portion of the landscaping. We removed approximately 50% of the landscaping right. so that you could see the buildings in this particular oh, rendering. Okay. That's so, true. so the site plan is probably a better um, perspective of what the landscaping uh, proposal is for the project. Okay, and then my second question is, um, in prior drafts of your plan, did you ever consider reorienting some of the the layout in which perhaps the the clubhouse and the community building would front the creek rather than the residential the residences just in terms of for considering issues of privacy along the creek because um, I assume the clubhouse is lower in height than the than the residential buildings. We, we did consider that, and we came to the conclusion that putting the most public use, there's some noise involved with that. There's some, you know, some people might see that as a disturbing feature and function, putting that closer to the private homes. And so we analyzed that and, and went through the study and thought that it'd probably be better to kind of give that edge, although, you know, we are putting homes on there. That's not the back of the project by any sense, but that, that our pool and our play area would be better buffered in the center, um, kind of the center of the community, not on the edge, so equally accessible to everyone. Um, also, more eyes on that area, so you have more of the units facing that area to make it a little more active and a little uh, safe, safer feeling. Okay. So yeah, but we did look at that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you mentioned that these are market rate. Um, Rentals. Can you give me an, an idea of what uh, the market rate is right now for your one, two, and three bedroom apartments, more or less, please? Sure. So uh, we, of course, evaluate today's market conditions, and uh, this, this project will be similar and achieve rents in, along the lines of a property like Azure. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we're a ways out from construction, so we don't know exactly what the rents will be. Um, but they will be comparable to the upper end of the market. Uh, as we spoke about, these are market rate. They're also luxury. Uh, so it, like what is an Azure one bedroom? Oh, approximately $2 a square foot is the current, current market rents. And, and this project, the, the units are a little bit larger on average uh, at about 997 okay. square feet. Thank you. Councilmember Miller? Yes, you had a slide up about economic benefits. And I was just wondering um, how those, it's got a lot of numbers, but I was wondering how those numbers were calculated. Sure. So the, um, 
the top line, that's 7.3 million annually, and this is approximate. This is a uh, the head of the business school at Sonoma State University, uh, Rob Eiler, and principal with economics and forensics analysis, a local Sonoma-based uh, economic and consulting firm. Uh, he makes assumptions based on uh, things like area median income. Uh, and so in our perspective, that may even be a little bit light. Uh, you know, we're targeting kind of the upper end of the market, but he uses the, you know, the median income for the area in these calculations. He assumes that you know, a portion of people's income is reserved for savings, a portion is reserved for the rent that they will pay, uh, and then a portion is discretionary spending. Um, in addition to that, the, uh, the next line down, the, the fees, those are uh, you know, calculations based on uh, staff and city uh, ordinance fees. The uh, construction spending is, uh, you know, that's the cost of the project essentially and and the uh, the spending required to to execute the project uh, the new local and state tax revenues are associated with the incremental addition in value of the property which the county assesses for tax purposes um, so hopefully does that answer your question yes thank you okay um, I, I had a couple questions uh, is this a project that you plan to own long term? The answer is yes. I mean, there's you know, uh, there's always changes in the economy as we've just lived through, and uh, you never know what things might happen. But our intention is to own and operate and professionally manage this community as we do with all of our apartments. Okay. Um, I'd like your comments on uh, having eyes on the street and also eyes on the creek. But in in looking at your plan. Uh, I wondered if some of the uh, carports and garages block your view from the houses of that creek, except for that front maybe 70 feet or so, you know, where you showed your view from. But everything beyond that has has parking garages or carports along the back. Sure. And, you know, it's, I think it's a, it's a balance of, you know, keeping privacy with the, with the neighbors. Um, there will be, you know, the wrought iron fence as opposed to something that's not, uh, you know, that can't be seen through. There will be lighted pathways. Excuse um, me. Uh, did you say you cannot see through the wrought iron fence? No, I'm sorry. You can. Okay. So uh, unlike the, the uh, wall that is at the Safeway right. property line, that's more of a wall that you can't see through. So we're trying to activate the creek and make it an amenity and an access point for residents to go for mm -hmm. a jog or walk a pet. Um, we're not turning our back to it. Uh, you know, it's it's an amenity, and you know, it's currently uh, not. It's currently the opposite. I mean, it, it attracts unwanted activities, and you know, we think that uh, it it would be intrusive upon the neighbors to set our buildings right on the creek, mm -hmm. whose properties back up to that. So we feel like we've got a good. Um, happy medium of attention and light and things like security patrol that don't exist today and will help improve that area going forward. So, so are the back of those, uh, are they carports or garages? They're, they are carports. So do they have a back on them? No. No. Okay. No. All right. Thank you. Um, you mentioned in your description that you have uh, central air and air conditioning. Where are all the condensers for the AC? Well, we will, of course, get into that as we get further into the design and the, the SPAR review, of course. And, um, you know, we 
haven't shown those on our plan because we're still working through some of those finer level design details. Do you anticipate them being on the roof or somewhere on the ground? This would probably be a question for my architect. I think we're uh, evaluating that, but uh, I'll turn it over to the expert. I think what we do have, we'd have a combination. So the, the ground floor units may have condensing units. We wouldn't put them probably on the street side, but we probably have some ground floor uh, condensing units. We're looking at all, all different options. If we put them on the roof, we would build a well in there. So you, you wouldn't see it. It would be screened by uh, putting a well inside and have a row of condensing away units. From the the away from the street. Away from the street, away from view, no sound impacts. Um, those are the kind of things that we're thinking about. Okay. But that, I asked that, well, I'm asking the whole team that question now. Sure. I mean, it would change the look. Okay. Yeah, it, it may change. I'm going to try to get to the 3D view and describe what we've done on some other projects. So we have um, created wells up in that roof. So really, unless you're up on top and out, you know, right. above it, you kind of see a roof line. You don't really see the well inside of there. And we okay. put drains in there, and it's accessible. There's a corridor right below it, so it would be easily accessible. We try to put the condensing units above the corridor so you don't get any sound or vibration into the units below. But we've okay. done that on some projects. All right. Great. And, and for the for the units that do um, that are on the surface, which is certainly stuff we've done in the past, we would propose, you know, landscaping buffer some some features to disguise the units and not okay, not be visual eyesores. Uh, my my last comment is kind of um, repeating some comments made earlier, but just about your green initiative. Um, Petaluma takes that pretty seriously. And you're, you're talking to people up here that are pretty familiar with what LEED AP means and what building green means. And your, your list is not really exemplary. It is just a little bit below what we require. So, and, and I think if you really wanted to take some, some serious steps, you'd be looking at air tightness, over insulation, things that might even require not needing air conditioning. But I just, uh, when you come back and we talk about the building and architecture more thoroughly, that's the level that we would like to hear you talk about and, and uh, more, more depth would be appreciated. So thank you. Sure. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Then uh, at this point, um, is everybody okay to go on to public comment? Okay. Public comment. Um, I have some speaker cards here. Let me just remind everybody that you have three minutes. Uh, when you come up to the podium, you'll see the lights. They go from green to orange to red. Red comes on and it means uh, your time is up. So please wrap it up at that point. And those of you that are speaking for others who have ceded their time to you, uh, just make sure that everybody is still here because we'll, we'll ask um, those people to raise their hands so we can see them. So the first person um, I have a card for is, uh, is it Teresa Garvey? Terrence Garvey. He has uh, six minutes, um, three minutes seated by Victoria Ellenkamp. Is she here? Okay, thank you.
um, if you would like to do that. Oh, you need a card? That's fine. Thank you. Is Marty Burrell around here? Oh, you're writing a nice report. A lot of enthusiasm. But I don't agree with you, Marty. <laughs> I'll start off with my comments now. For, for us to be able to hear you, it's going to be important that you speak into the microphone. Oh. You can hold it if that's In the Army, we didn't have these. We, we could do without, but I guess you want to. Can you hear all right with this? Yeah, that's much better. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> I'll start off. Um, the high-density apartment complex proposed for 35 Maria Drive requires a change in zoning. The existing development has provided environmental problems due to a lack of separation from the branch of Washington Creek where fencing was damaged and, re and or removed. A block wall low height between 35 Maria and Washington Square also act as a little barrier to parting and trash left in its wake. Much trash gets in the creek. We don't want that anymore. The general plan, I believe, should not be changed for this project. Poor management and planning for existing office space should not be a reason for changing the zoning to operations that will exacerbate the environmental problems due to further housing of a very dense nature. Trash, water and sewer capacity, increased traffic, parking on Maria Drive curb, congestion at the junction of Maria Drive, Park Drive, Safeways Receiving Alley, along with an adjacent baseball parks, add to dangerous conditions. If 35 Maria is approved by changing zoning, Addison Ranch will ask for 100 to 124 five more units, which would decrease the space which had the ability to serve as recreational space. The original developers had a reason for the wide spreading of units. Few developers have such foresight. Why change it? Because it will change if this goes through. And there'll be quite a few more units. The letter to Kathleen Garvey notes 35 Maria proponents are not affiliated with other developers. In a sense, they are not, but practically they each bring on an added environmental issue of every facet of planning by adding to an enormous load for traffic, water, sewer, and safety. A proposal is being considered for fueling station at the intersection of Maria and McDowell. This would wipe out many small businesses at this corner of Washington Square, along with the empty shell where um, Safeway was. This is gonna ruin the whole Washington Square. Some say this is a consideration for later, this fuel station. The former Safeway store has not been utilized yet. The comments on office space utilization in the August 1 letter to Kathleen Garvey are not fair. This is talking about the present offices on that lot. The operators of this site have made every attempt to discourage tenants 
by complete lack of maintenance. With proper maintenance and added sites, it stands as a perfect site to add small supporting businesses rather than a suffocating urban cabins stacked on one another. Let us keep this corner of Maria for small businesses and professions as intended. Add a police substation for the one officer has done so much to gain compliance with the law and immediate environmental needs of the community. I'll add on to that. <clears throat> this came because of the um, uh, units across the street. They have a nice wide spacing where there's room for people to play games, soccer, and the rest. There's nothing to that in this proposed development. It took uh, a change where a whole unit of the city was dissolved and uh, it was handed to one police officer and he got compliance immediately. But he needed rules he could work with and he used them well. He issued citations they ignored the first one, but then the second added a little more to the money, so they got very polite. But he can do the job, but there's no other way to control these um, units at all without a good, strong enforcement policy that you can use. And we don't have enough of that right now. And I'm afraid with the um, with the conditions we have in Maria Drive, more and more people because of the congestion at uh, uh, McDowell and Washington Street are taking Maria Drive. And this is going to be a mess because we're talking eventually of adding um, 125 units to Edison Ranch, 144 units packed right into uh, uh, six acres it's just a, for a total of 493 units this is going to choke that street and 1.7 million um, will be enough it can build a super highway along maria drive that's no joke but it's uh, going to be very congested this is not an advisable project as i can see it Thank you. Any questions? Thank you. <laughs> I must have made it clear. <laughs> uh, we, we should keep uh, uh, comments down, both pro and con. I appreciate the sentiment, but uh, next speaker up is uh, Mary Suzanne Roybal, followed by Richard Roybal. Normally we have a chair up front, but if you'll just be ready to come forward um, when you know it's your turn, that speed things up. Good evening. Um, my name is Suzanne Roybal, and our property backs up to Addison Ranch. So we live on McGregor, and um, so I walk the creek path a lot, especially on weekends when I'm not working. And um, I've noticed a significant increase in the traffic on Maria Drive from Safeway. When Safeway moved from the middle of the shopping center to the edge, now people come down to Maria and make a left, or they come down Washington Street and make a left and come down Maria that way. And so um, I have to be careful. I cross in the crosswalk at the creek path, and I still have to watch it because people don't stop for me there. Um, I love the peace and quiet and serenity of the neighborhood. Um, 
it, um, I think that the, the added traffic will add more pollution and smell to the area, and that's one of the things that I really like is, is the, the, the nice smell from all the trees and things. Um, another thing that I'm dreading is a, a three-story building. I, there's nothing that high in our area. There's some two-story buildings, but some houses, and Addison Ranch is two-story, but there's nothing that's that high. And it will take time for the trees to grow, and especially if a three-story is fronting on Maria Drive, and you're just, it's just gonna be there. There's not too much you can do about it. Um, in the 35 years that I've lived there, we watched Greenbrier, Addison Ranch, turn from a nice high-level rental area when we first moved there into a low-rent area with heavy traffic in and out all times of the night, and trash in the creek, sofas, mattresses, chairs. Um, it became a gang hangout. There's even graffiti has even reappeared recently under the bridge on McGregor um, at night. And at times I'd be, I'd be afraid to walk alone down the creek path, so I'd have to take my husband with me or one of my relatives. And we even had two fires down there at night that the fire department had to respond to. Um, there's taco trucks that park on Park Lane right now, and that creates heavy traffic. And they park there because the, par the apartments are there. Um, I treasure the quality of life that we have, and I believe um, with these, with these, the addition of this many people, this high density apartments, that it will definitely lower the quality of life that I have there and lower our home values. So, thank you. Thank you. Please. Please, no clapping. Uh, Richard Roybal. Hello. Uh, you mentioned the, um, the traffic concerns with 252 um, additional parking spaces. That's not to mention the uh, another uh, 100, 200 more that's going to be being added to the opposite side of the street from Greenbrier because that's what Addison Branch will be adding um, but that's yet to be discussed. Um, the wrought iron fence is refreshing to hear about. Um, unfortunately for me, the open access to the creek is not. Um, she mentioned the trash. Um, I've seen shopping carts, sofas, mattresses, um, TVs, all other kinds of trash down into that creek. And um, it's taken our city to go down and clean that up. Oh, by the way, uh, the reason that the other side has just never been used, it's, it's always been locked up and the city comes uh, every year or so and comes and cleans it up. Um, the other thing I was worried about was the uh, gang graffiti. Since uh, Greenbrier uh, closed itself off, so to speak, and, and started re renovating, um, the gang, gang graffiti has all but virtually disappeared. Um, there hasn't been any. And my worry is that it's going to reappear. I question why we need any access along the creek side. I understand the need for access along the street side, but along the, street, the creek side, um, we've never had any way from McGregor all the way down to Washington, with the exception of the one access at Maria Drive, Maria Street. Um, so I don't really feel that that's needed. I just think it's going to add access to trash. So between the, the traffic, the the trash, um, the gang graffiti, this is what I'm worried about. Thank you. Thank you. 
Barbara Dettner, followed by Stan Dettner. And there are seats available up front. Uh, if Stan, if you'd like to be ready up there. Good evening. My name is Barbara Detner. I live at 64 Maria Drive. We've been homeowners there for 43 years. Like everyone here from our neighborhood, we appreciate the quality of life that we currently have. And I feel the project the size of this proposed 144-unit story, three-story complex at 35 Maria Drive is not suitable for our neighborhood. It's not appropriate for the size of the property. Three-story apartments setting on a whole lot of concrete backing up to a long alley with loading docks, large trucks making deliveries day and night, a recycling center, etc., does not make for the environment that would be expected for luxury living, which is how this project is going to be marketed. It will take an amendment to our existing plan in order to change the status of this property from mixed use to high density residential designation. It will also require rezoning. I might remind all of you here that we have a commitment from the City Council and their appointed staff and representatives to carry out the existing general plan. I strongly oppose this change and urge this planning committee not to amend, amend the general plan for this project. Our neighborhood is primarily single-family homes, with the exception of the former Greenbrier Apartments, now named Addison Ranch. This complex is currently being remodeled with expand expansion of another 125 units. This would be 12.5 units per acre for Addison Ranch. The proposed development at 35 Maria Drive will be 24.6 per acre. My main concerns are the wear and tear on our already heavily trafficked street during construction and after the units would be occupied, air pollution both during construction and when the units would be occupied, and the effect on the existing environment. I am not anti-development but this development is not suitable for our neighborhood. Perhaps if the proposal was not three stories high, included a lot more green area, and was within the guidelines of fewer units per acre, it could be resubmitted. Thank you. Please. Stan Dentner followed by Yvonne Johnston. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stan Detner. I've been, uh, I gotta read the script, sorry about that. I've been in living for the past uh, 43 years. I live in 64 Maria Drive. I'm very concerned about the project, about the change in the general plan that will allow this project to move forward. Making changes to the GP that's been in effect for five years seems to be working, could be counterproductive. It could set a precedence for other out-of-state land speculators to open shop. We're here in a more lucrative market. That being said, my main concern is the project itself. After reading the report on the project, I find some disturbing things that can only be addressed by not giving the zoning change that this, com in this complex will not happen at all. 
My first misgiving about the whole thing is, of course, the size. Trying to cram 144 living units in five acres is not what you call living the luxury life. And by the way, that's what they call this, luxury apartments. A slab of stone on a countertop and air conditioning doesn't make it a luxury apartment. I'm not a tree hugger, but why do they have to clear cut all the trees that are there? I know they're not beautiful, they're old, they're 40 years old, but most of them are healthy. Then we have Washington Creek. They contend it's not much more than a drainage ditch. If you have lived around here for a while, you know in the spring you have nesting birds, you have braces of duck and lots of little duck. You see a rabbit or a muskrat down there. We have fish and frogs, lots of other stuff besides the mattresses you were making reference to. And, and then who knows, there might be even a tiger salamander down there. Uh, as we lament this big project, the roof line is 42 foot above ground. That's three stories high. My neighbors on Creekside can kiss their privacy in the backyard goodbye. I don't care how many trees you plant, how long is it going to take for those trees to mature to where they get some privacy. Also, this is earthquake country. I got a report several years ago from a geologist, and it's in their report here. There's a big one coming. It will happen, no doubt. The soil is built, they are building on, and where my house is also, has a very good chance in this strong earthquake a liquefaction. That means turn to mud or glue. It's a fact. Look it up. Documented. Oh, I'm out. Yes. Thank you. Very much. Yvonne Johnston. Please, I have to ask you not to clap, just like I would have to ask someone else uh, who wanted to boo or disrespect the speaker. I appreciate the sentiment, but we really can't have it. Thank you. Hi. My name is Yvonne Johnston, and I live on Maria Drive for almost 40 years. My family and I moved to Petaluma with three young children, and that was, we lived on Maria Drive, and that was the best street because it closed off at the creek. The children were all able to play in the street, and the only traffic that was going through were the ones that lived in the area. All of a sudden, Greenbrier and medi the medical offices, they opened up the creek, and then they were built. At that time, it was okay, because the medical offices, they close at 5, so there's no more traffic generated. The, the Greenbrier, at first, was just beautiful. Everything was well-maintained. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but the landscaping, um, people were moving more than one family in there because of, I guess, the rent, they couldn't afford it. The crime was, oh, there's always police going through. Okay, so now we have the Anderson apartments. They're nice and clean, and they're looking all right. The medical offices, if they were to clean them, I'm sure we have enough doctors that can that can rent them and make them look suitable. 
In the meantime, as far as traffic, we have sometimes two to three Petaluma Transit going through by our house. For me to back out of my driveway, a lot of times I need to have my husband lead me out because the way the marina kind of curves, there's a blind spot. Now these apartments are going to create a lot of stress on the school, the traffic, and our living conditions right now, we have the best neighborhood. We mind our own business, but if somebody needs any help, we're there to help. We try to keep our landscaping up to date, and if sometimes if I see that it doesn't look so good, I go and tell the people if I can help them with a gardener, or, and I can you know, advise them to get one that doesn't cost them much. So I think it should stay the way it is because we're all happy there. And by, as far as the market is concerned, right now there's a big need for rentals. But once it starts cooling off and everything stabilizes, these people that are paying high rent will start looking for a place to live. And then you're gonna have all these vacancies. They have to lower the rent in order to get them rented. And then we go back to step one. And you can ask the police department how many times they've been around the old Greenbrier. And I walk along the creek and there's couches. People sleep on the sleeping bags. You cannot believe what's out there. Sometimes I have to take my friend because I don't feel it's safe sometimes to walk on my own. Thank you very much. Thank you. Brandon Gross, uh, followed by Laura Bouchard. Hello, my name is Brandon Gross. I live at 59 Maria Drive. Two of my main concerns are privacy and traffic. Um, earlier, somebody mentioned that the apartments are going to have eyes on the creek. There's going to be eyes on my house. I'm not very happy with that. Um, as far as traffic, with the Safeway moving, the baseball field, I think they had talked about putting a gas station in down where Peppers is. The, the traffic there is insane. The, the last lady mentioned about backing out of her driveway. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult. You've got to be really safe. Another thing is everything that goes on now at 35 Maria Drive takes place during the day. I'm at work. Everybody's at work. Um, with this apartment, 144 new apartments and probably at least 250 cars, that's going to be taking place after 5 p.m. and weekends, which just kills our privacy. Um, I strongly oppose this change to the general plan. Thank you. Thank you. Laura Bouchard. All right. Followed by uh, Kathleen Garvey. And Kathleen speaking for two others. We'll get to that in a minute. So I'm here. Hi. Um, my name's Laura Bouchard. My mother and I um, reside at 80 Maria Drive. She has lived there since 1968. When we bought the house and I grew up there, I'm here to represent both her and myself. Um, I've lived and worked in Petaluma for most of my life, um, working at the Petaluma Chamber of Commerce as a member services director. Um, in that role, I invited new businesses to our city and helped them promote themselves. Petaluma has a general plan. I believe that we should be sticking to our general plan. A lot of people put time and effort to creating the plan. As I understand this project, 
Um, this would involve an amendment to the general plan changing these parcels from mixed use and to high density residentials. This is a big change. This does not serve the residents um, neighboring the area, nor the Little League Park, the school, and the preschool nearby. The flow of traffic will be too heavy with that many people living in this area. Um, one of my main concerns is that Maria Drive is a residential street, as is already getting a great deal of traffic. People are using this street to shortcut to Safeway, as people are repeating. Um, avoiding the heavy traffic on Washington Street to turn in left there, so they come to turn left on Maria Drive, um, at the and then plus avoid the intersections at McDowell and Washington. It's quicker because there's less traffic and it's easier to turn left. In addition, we also have city buses coming down our street. All this increased traffic makes it difficult to get in and out of our driveways. People driving down Maria often run or roll through the three-way three stop sign at Maria and Creekside Circle. This is dangerous. It's a res residential, it's not, it's not a street that is designed for large enough to handle heavy traffic flow. Closer, uh, closer to McDowell, uh, Maria, increased traffic would be dangerous for the, oh, okay, okay I'm stuck here. Um, closer to McDowell, uh, Maria, increased traffic would be dangerous for the Little League Park, um, the school, and the preschool which I'm very familiar with because I worked there. This would make it very difficult and dangerous for parents picking up their kids. Uh, the traffic report online is all about intersections working at acceptable levels of service. It says nothing about what this traffic does to our quality of life or how it damages our safety. Um, I lived at Greenbrier from 2007 to 2009. Although there were many nice people who worked and lived there, there were many gang-related problems and overcrowding. After examining this project site, how it would look and what they plan to change uh, to change uh, charge for rent, I have strong doubts that they can sustain. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. All right. Thank you. Oh. Kathleen Garvey has been seated time by Tom Leonetti. Are you here? Okay. Thank you. And also Rosalie and Eddie. Thank you. You have nine minutes. Okay, thanks. I'm a, a longtime resident of Petaluma, and I have a background in marketing and a BF, excuse me, a BS in business and an MBA from Columbia University. I'm also on the board of the Petaluma Wetlands Alliance, which is a committee of the Madrone Audubon. I've um, spent extensive time doing restoration work in the wetlands. Um, first, I've, I'd like to say that I'm not anti-development and I am not um, against the, the policy of infilling, um, but I think it needs to be done in the correct way in the right places. Um, I'm here to represent myself and the Eastside Neighbors Coalition. We are concerned that the negative impacts of this project are being glossed over or ignored altogether in this initial report. Um, we want to see a full environmental impact report done. 
This project is a significant change from the historic use of land in this area. We believe that a change to the designation and the zoning of this area in the direction of high density residential would be a mistake. It would have a significant impact on traffic on the nearby Washington Creek and on the quality of life in adjacent neighborhoods. Um, I also question the business analysis supporting the report saying that an office park could not be successful in this area, and I have some information to support that. Um, in addition, I discovered yesterday a mistake in the report. There are many references in the report to the purported density of Addison Ranch as 22 um, housing units per acre, and it's used as an illustration that the 24.6 um, housing units per acre is not a large departure from the current usage of the area. The acreage of Addison Ranch is not 9.76 acres, it is 17.92 acres. That makes the density of Addison Ranch 12.5 housing units per acre. And that explains why when you look at that area, you see wide lawns <laughs> and spaciousness. Doubling the concentration of housing units in that area is a big departure from past use, especially when it's replacing an office park. Also, an impact that was really not mentioned or considered in the study is that Washington Creek is a riparian corridor that is currently under restoration by the Sonoma County Water Agency. Native plants and trees are planted along the banks and are watered and weeded on a regular basis by the county. And that is one of the reasons that one side of the creek is blocked off. It's for the maintenance vehicles to go along the creek. It is a, um, it is a home to egrets, both great and snowy egrets, green herons, black-crowned night heron, mallard ducks, turkeys, and other species of birds. It has water year-round, even though it's low in the summer. Um, it has crayfish, fish, frogs, and muskrats. And these are just the species that I've seen in casual walks along the creek. I haven't done a thorough survey. This creek suffered greatly during the unofficial high-density era at the Greenbrier Apartments. It was common knowledge that there were quite a few people living within single units and there was overcrowding. Um, during that time, there were several creek cleanups by local groups, including Casa Grande and one organized with the help of my father's Kiwanis Club. We pulled out furniture, bedding, discarded food in containers. In addition, I cleaned the place several times on my own, um, which is why I know that it was used as a privy, a party place, a place to sleep and to have sex. When the population went down significantly after the financial crisis hit, um, the creek began to clean up. The population dropped significantly in Greenbrier, and then uh, that it, it just began to clean up. 
I'd like to also mention that the crime and the gangs and the drugs are now gone from our neighborhood. Our neighborhood has substantially recovered from that era, which is why we're, <laughs> you hear so much trauma in people's voices about when that was happening. There's a clear association between having large numbers of people living nearby and the health of the creek. I'm afraid that the impact of the construction, especially when the creek has not been considered except as a path, I'm, considered, I'm concerned about the amount of light and noise coming from the complex. Um, I, uh, the developer did send me a letter that refers to schools, trails, parks, nearby, all plural. It's not plural. There's one trail, there's one park, there's one school. They're not multiples. And the effect of this many people in one small area will be intense. The, um, the traffic, people have addressed that. But, um, and I looked at the, the report. The report talks a lot about well-functioning intersections, but it doesn't really convey uh, the what the effect of the increase will have on the streets themselves. Um, we've experienced increased traffic over the past few years. It doesn't cover things like your mother being honked at by the bus driver because she's not pulling into her driveway fast enough. It doesn't cover Yvonne trying to pull out of her driveway and having somebody who's speeding along the street pull up next to her and honk at her. It's, uh, it, it doesn't cover the fact that we have neighbors that ride down the street on motorized carts and have to go into the street at various points to cross over. And having increased traffic on that street is frankly dangerous. It's dangerous on our street. It's dangerous on the other end of the street where the ballpark is set very close to the street and so is the um, the preschool. When there are baseball games going on, I slow down to about 15 miles per hour and am very watchful of to, to watch out for small children that may dart out. It's just increased traffic is, is going to, to make that even more dangerous. We are actually getting a lot more traffic now since the Safeway opened. I um, and, uh, and also because people are avoiding that other intersection. Um, the, we, it, this report also doesn't talk about the fact that there are significant numbers of people that walk um, through our street. And uh, I mention that because it, uh, it also goes to the viability of that area as um, a place for small businesses and for offices. Um, I, a high density complex should not be located where it will overburden the infrastructure of the streets and, uh, and, and destroy the quality of life in those neighborhoods. Um, as for the business, I, um, I did a little research by talking to past and current tenants, and um, I believe that there are other factors at work. The, the um, picture painted by, uh, well, I, um, I can turn my remarks in. I, 
I had a lot more to say, but unfortunately I won't get to say it. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Heidi, I believe it's Overman is next. Um, followed by Marion Spoletta. No, Mary's my second, so I have six minutes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's fine. Thank you. Hi, I have a really loud voice, so if I blow everybody out, I'm sorry. Anyways, um, I'm, I also live, I live on Sutter Street a little further back, but I have a 10-year-old son who plays in those little league fields. He's finally old enough to be able to ride his bicycle by himself to the little league field. Um, with high-density apartments I don't know if that's actually gonna happen anymore so as far as people driving less I'll probably be driving more thank you very much um, sorry I'm a little nervous <laughs> um, you know the little league fields are a big part of that community and I'm sorry to harp on it but I have boys and they're down there all the time my neighbors have boys. There's foul balls flying out of that field all the time, as a lot of you can relate to and have kids that play Little League. And the kids are running into the streets to grab the foul balls to get their candy from the snack shack. So it's already dangerous enough with just the three-way stop there and the Safeway there for those kids. And now that's going to just be intensified. There's also the part of parking during the uh, Little League games and season and that whole time because we actually use those, that area for parking um, during the games and all the practices and you know you have hundreds of families embarking on that area during eight months of the year that haven't really been thought about either. Um, so now we have no parking either for the fields so I'm wondering where we're all gonna park for that since the Safeway's now on this end and everybody parks for Safeway so that's um, part of the problems that I foresee happening you know Petaluma I moved to Petaluma about 15 years ago I'm PTA president at um, one of our local schools I have helped out in Rivertown Revival, helped lead it. I'm part of this community. We're all part of this community in some ways. The people that are coming into these apartments are not part of the community. They don't have their kids having lemonade stands on the corners. I came here to raise my children. These aren't people who are coming in here to raise their children in a healthy environment. We're not an apartment city. We are not Santa Rosa. The gangs have gone down. Our fence was vandalized constantly across the street from us that has all gone away since Greenbrier's gone away and to see that come back it's frightening for us um, this is a community we all love Petaluma for a reason we're a gateway to wine country and um, three stories I'm sorry is not minimal impact I don't care what you say um, the condition of the roadway is horrible in those neighborhoods and it's just going to get worse. Think about how long construction is going to be, like a year or so or two of these big trucks coming in. When Safeway was being built, there was a lot of theft on the baseball fields. 
we had, um, I don't know if you heard about it, but the um, plaques were taken off of the stones for our little, for the Valley National Little League. Our storage units were broken into during that time. So I want to know what construction people are coming in because obviously those weren't local people hired to redo Safeway because all of a sudden all that went away too when Safeway got built. So um, anyways, let's see, sorry, I just want to make sure I got everything in. Um, theft, so sorry. <laughs> I'm used to talking much better, but you know what? I'm just a parent who's really concerned about their kids and Little League and you know all those people who have homes there all trust their kids to ride their bikes around there and it's now traffic's gonna get 100 times worse. So now they can't ride their bikes to get ice cream together at Cold Stone and to go down and watch a game by themselves. You know, it's just ridiculous. And I didn't get to use my whole time, but I just want you guys to all understand that we are not an apartment community. This isn't Santa Rosa, and I don't want it turning into Santa Rosa. It's already bad enough with Target. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Albert Wong, followed by Monica Nelson. And then that's the last speaker card I have, unless there's somebody else who would like to speak. It's not too late if you want to fill out another, uh, fill out a speaker card and um, then we'll wrap it up. Okay, thank you. Uh, my name is Albert Wong. Uh, I'm the owner of the 63 Marriott Drive. So my property is uh, basically direct neighbor of uh, 35 Marriott Drive property. So in view of that variable time, so I just uh, first uh, express uh, my position. So like um, my family, I strongly oppose to and vote against uh, the general plan amendment and uh, zoning map amendment from the mixed use to R5 high density residential. So we oppose the department development project as 35 and Marriott Drive. Uh, we urge for rejecting the amendments and the proposal. So uh, I basically like I'm raising uh, seven concerns in here. So first, the uh, privacy. So it's like all proposed uh, three-story units facing the low-density residents will see into our property. So privacy will be noticeably reduced along the surrounding low-density uh, residential properties uh, due to the uh, three-story apartments being proposed. That is a huge concern to me. And uh, the lo location is not suitable for building with more than two-story building. Um, so this basically contradicts to the general plan 2025 policy number 2-P.118, uh, which states, allow lots uh, consideration in residential areas only when finding that this will not negatively impact the existing neighborhood's character. And uh, the second point is uh, the mountain view from my house uh, at the south side will definitely be blocked uh, by this project. So having the mountain view re uh, retains the visual incredibly around our house. So uh, after some work uh, for myself, um, so we look at the only the mountain view from our room uh, to get relief uh, after like a heavy work. So uh, removing the view basically will reduce our ability to relax from our home. Um, so the third point also similarly the firework view will be blocked also at the southwest side uh, as well. So this basically will be exploiting our ability to view the uh, July 4th and the New Year fireworks from our house uh, since uh, they simply will be stolen. 
And as such, uh, the about, uh, about three plus the, the following concerns uh, contradict to the general plan 2025 principle number one, uh, 11, uh, which states uh, foster a sustainable community in which today's needs do not compromise uh, the ability of the committee to meet its future needs. So uh, the fourth, um, the parking condition will likely create overflow parking along the street outside the concerned location back to the low density residential area frequently. So this will create interrupting inconvenience to the residents to the low density area. Um, and the fifth point is uh, the traffic along the concerned section of Mary Drive will be affected. So this makes the road busier and increases the danger level, uh, which will create unfriendly environment for families with little children. For myself, I have a two and a half years old baby. Uh, the proposed development, oh, but I know what you, you know. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Monica Nelson. Good evening, I'm Monica Soylen Nelson. Uh, our family moved here in 1969, so uh, there's one resident that's actually lived here longer. But So I've been here for 44 years, and when our family first moved here, there was n no, rarely any homes on the east side of Petaluma. Sonoma Mountain Parkway didn't exist. There, there weren't communities on that side. And I always wondered, well, how would they put homes there? What, what, you know, how will that be? And people have said multiple times, we love the community we live in. And it, the community has been part of development. It's building homes, building apartments, building retail centers. It's actually what's made us who we are today. So I look at the plans. This is the first time I've seen them. I look at them and, and the developer is actually looking to improve that portion of our community. It's really encouraging how much open space they really are showing. It's not as dense as what our general plan would allow. And there is so much open space and for every tree that is taken out, you need to replace that tree. Even though it's not as large as what's existing, it will be there someday, as John Ennis said, um, as Theater Square is. So people were so concerned about the creek, you know, with people living there and the mattresses and the trash. Well, to build a community, to build anything on a creek, you have to comply with fish and wildlife. And they have certain requirements. So most likely, the creek is going to be improved with this development. It will, it will be cleaner, it will look more attractive. Uh, when there is a development there, people won't be sleeping there, people won't be partying or throwing trash because there will be uh, life around it more often. It won't be vacant all night long. So uh, with the development generally comes improvements, site improvements. Most likely, they're going to improve the sidewalks. They'll have to, um, you know, maybe do some work out on the streets. There will be other improvements that people aren't aware of, but it will actually help facilitate and improve that entire um, area of Marie, Maria Drive. 
and people were concerned about uh, the people that would be building the development. Generally, historically, uh, multifamily projects. <laughs> Thank you very are much. Are built with uh, about 75% of local uh, people in this area. So it would actually be residents building. building. Whoa. Not needed. Gina Rodriguez. Hi. So the house that would be closest to this development is mine. And I'm sorry, but I'm upset. I've been sitting here for hours listening to a bunch of things that I do not agree with, my neighbors do not agree with, my community does not agree with. And I have just had it. We are not in agreement with this. There are no benefits to me, my house, my neighbors, my community. Right now, like Albert referred to, we can look at our backyards and see the sky. We can see the mountains. This building of three stories would block that view. My husband and I have spent time and money and our sweat into developing a patio in our backyard and front yard where we can relax and enjoy our beautiful home. This building will block that. And all of our work will have been for naught. It's despicable. All of us living in this area have chosen this area because of the closeness we feel to each other. Like someone else said before, we mind our own business, but we are there for you. Putting this uh, building with so many new people coming into our community, those people aren't going to be reaching out to us. They're not going to care about how long we've been there, what our concerns are, how we were opposed to them being there in the first place. So I, it's not a good idea. We're all opposed to it, except for the one person that just spoke. Other than that, you know, you can take a poll and find out how accurate it is that nobody's crazy about this at all. Thank you. That was the uh, last speaker card I had. Are there any other speakers tonight? Okay. Um, public comment is over. If I may, I, there were a few things that I wanted to address. If okay. I may do that. Is that, that would be fine. Okay. Um, there was a comment by uh, one of the uh, members of the public that the traffic study, a concern that the traffic study didn't include um, proposed development, and I just wanted to clarify that the traffic study actually did include the Addison Ranch uh, proposal into their evaluation. So the number, saying the the number of trips that are calculated in the traffic study include that that potential. Um, there was also a comment that the trees on site are healthy. Um, the city did receive a tree report that identified um, that many of the eucalyptus trees, in fact, most of the eucalyptus trees were, um, um, had disease, and although some were in fair condition now, most of them were in poor condition and needed to be removed. So um, the trees are actually not, um, have not been identified as healthy in that report. Um, there was a question about earthquake 
safety and you know how what how the project addresses that um, the applicant will be required to comply with local seismic safety requirements so that will be addressed um, typically done at building permit Um, again, I just wanted to reiterate that there is no work being done on Washington Creek, um, so there are no direct impacts related to um, Washington Creek, but indirect impacts have been addressed in the hydrology section and the geology section Those uh, mitiga through mitigation measures um, related to erosion control and stormwater um, uh, pollution prevention um, the applicant will be required to submit a pollution prevention plan and, and address stormwater um, as part of his uh, development proposal um, in addition the biology section does identify um, measures to take during construction um, to avoid impacts on migratory migratory birds um, in the form of pre-construction surveys during certain times of the year um, Um, also, the traffic study um, recommends and mitigation measures require that uh, crosswalks, additional crosswalks be installed on Maria Drive to address safety issues related to um, you know, pedestrian accessing going back and forth on Maria Drive. Um, parking, there was a question about parking and I did want to um, reiterate that there are 252 parking spaces being proposed on the site in compliance with the um, uh, implementing zoning ordinance and I believe that is it unless the Planning Commission has any questions of me additional questions of staff yeah I just had one question um, Maria Drive how is that street classified is that an arterial street what is what is Maria Drive oh it's a collector a collector okay and can you just for the benefit of, of the folks in the audience and also the public can you kind of um, differentiate between sort of the different types of streets so it's not a resident it's not classified as just a purely residential street it's a it's a collector that's right it, I would if I may like to have the traffic consultant come up and, and kind of identify the different types of streets that would be great and maybe with examples of, of streets in that neighborhood and kind of what what they are thank you Good evening, Commissioner. Zach Natley with WTRANS uh, did the circulation analysis for the project. Uh, Maria Drive is designated as a collector in the city's general plan. Um, other types of designations include arterial streets, which both McDowell and Washington certainly are, as well as local streets, um, which many of the local neighborhood streets other than Maria Drive in this neighborhood are, are typical local streets. The function of a local street is really very much local access, single family, you know, low traffic volumes. A collector street is intended to, you know, by nature, by name, um, for those local streets to sort of collect and distribute out to the arterial network. And so Maria Drive, the length of it really, um, you can see the way it was designed um, along with the city, a lot of local streets sort of feed into it and then it heads out to, 
all of the various arterials to collect that traffic. It's just sort of a traditional suburban development pattern. Um, so uh, the the range of traffic volumes again, you know, a local street would be very low speed, low volume. A collector street starts to have a bit higher volumes, and the volumes that that we've analyzed in the the traffic report, both for near term and uh, build out conditions, are consistent with with what a collector street would would carry. Um, and then certainly an arterial has tremendously higher volumes, and and we're not talking about that. So. Um, I hope that provides a little bit of definition here. Thank you. I, I have a question before you step down, sure. and maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't, but uh, regarding the Little League field, um, if people have been parking on this uh, commercial lot during the games and that's taken away, do you know where people can park for the Little League field? I've been out there during games, and it generally um, there's a, a lot of parking activity on Park Lane, which has a frontage, a pretty long frontage along the um, the park and the school mm -hmm. uh, areas. Also, the school typically isn't active during that time. I don't know if people are actually parking at the school, but it's it's empty during the period of games. And then uh, certainly on on Maria Drive, uh, particularly that frontage between Park Lane and McDowell, it um, it's full. It's right. it's a very active. Um, it's a very active environment. A lot of pedestrians and things move slow, which is a good thing. Okay. Thank you. Did you have any other questions? Okay. Um, do any other commissioners have questions of staff at this time? Sure. I do. If, if we could have staff explain um, the land use designation for mixed use and how the combination of residential density and commercial density work under those compared to the proposed land use designation that the applicant requests um, so that we get a, a sense of the maximum intensity under one compared to the other. So the maximum density for residential is the same, essentially. Um, so just a, so if we're under mixed use, that's 30, per, 30 units to up the to acre. 30 units. Plus commercial plus density. Plus commercial density, right. And how is that commercial density? The commercial density is based on floor area ratio. And do you have that, Heather? The mixed use is up to 2.5 maximum floor area ratio for the non-residential uses plus the maximum residential density of up to 30 units per acre. Right. So that 2.5 applied to this acreage brings us to approximately what square footage of commercial space? I think it is just important for yeah. people to understand what the existing general plan allows by right on this site. with no general plan amendment and just design review. Sorry, I'll work out the calculation for you.
So total square footage for commercial would be in the 500,000 range. Okay. Um, and then whatever the size of the units would be. I mean, if you're assuming the same size of uh, units, the same size of residential units for uh, similar to what's being proposed by the project, um, the total project square footage, can you? Approximately 176,000 square feet, but what we're of residential in addition right. to that commercial, yeah. and we're proposing 144,000 square feet right. approximately. Right, I appreciate no commercial. it. Right, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we basically have half a million square feet of commercial space and 176 units allowed under the current general plan, and under this proposal, we'll be reducing that down to 144 units. Correct. Correct. Okay. Thank you. That's all I have, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Okay. No other questions? Okay. Thank you. So, let's talk about this a little bit. We've obviously heard some uh, strong community sentiment about their neighborhood, how they feel about it. Um, we're looking at a project that is going to have an impact um, and it requires a uh, change to our general plan. Uh, typically, you know, um, when general plan amendments come up, um, we talk a lot about what, uh, what's the community benefit, not just the benefit to the um, to the project. This came up most recently with the Walgreen project, and uh, it was it was important to dis to talk about what um, what are the effects beyond just the project site. So I'd like to have a discussion around that and um, how do we think about the uh, general plan amendment for starters? Any thoughts? Well, I'll start by by saying I think that the existing land use designation in the in the general plan is inappropriate for this site. To me, I mean, a half a million square feet of office space or commercial space and 176 units is just way too intense a development for the site. Um, and to me, at the same time, looking community wide, um, I know from uh, instances in our own family. I mean, the apartment vacancy rate is at two percent now in this community. 2%. It is virtually impossible for, uh, someone mentioned Rivertown Revival, I'm on the, uh, the Board of Friends of the Petaluma River, for our staff to find a place to live in this community is really, really difficult. Our oldest daughter, a salaried uh, employee in a local company, almost impossible for her to find a place. And I can think there's got to be a myriad other people that are looking for a place to live in Petaluma. So, to me, with the right components, a project that reduces the intensity of this development at this location, and as folks have mentioned, they've, uh, they're concerned about the intensity of development near their, near their neighborhood, uh, balanced with the provision of apartment housing, to me is uh, an acceptable type of project. If we can get the kind of other amenities I'd like to see as part of the general plan amendment approval. 
Yeah, I had some similar thoughts. It, it, it seems to me like this site has kind of enjoyed the um, the benefits of an underutilized site for, for quite a long time. It's like having a house surrounded by vacant lots that for one reason or another were, were never developed. But, uh, you know, the time is always coming at, at which those um, properties become fully utilized. Um, but as you stated, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily um, a negative impact entirely. I, I think that uh, crime can go down with more eyes on the street and eyes on the creek. I think it can bring improvements. Um, you know, I, I uh, as an architect, I'm pretty sensitive to the impacts of development. I try to see that they're minimized and there's no doubt that this is a big project but architecturally it could be a whole lot worse and I think if it was developed as Commissioner Wick said with the equal amount of housing and office space you would have truck traffic going in and up the street um, deliveries loading in addition to the residents that would want to live there so I, I think in lots of ways it it uh, it has every opportunity to be an improvement to the neighborhood I don't know how the rest of you feel about that so I frequent that area my son played little league on that field um, I go to that Safeway, I walk along that creek with my dog and my husband. We walk from our house to get coffee at Pete's sometimes on Sunday mornings. Um, so I'm really very familiar with that area. I also confess that I do use Maria to bypass, <laughs> to bypass East Washington and McDowell. Um, I will tell you that East Washington is going to get better. It's going to get better at the end of the year. And the reason it's going to get better at the end of the year, and I see you shaking your head, but the reason it's going to get better at the end of the year is because the work is going to be done. Caltrans is going to be finished. The lights will be synchronized. The construction will stop. And then what you're going to find is going to be horrible is over on the other side of town where they're replacing the, the water main. Um, but East Washington, from the freeway east is getting ready by the end of the year to get a whole lot better, I promise. So that's one thing that I know traffic, traffic, people are using Maria Drive, and it's true, you're right, people are, but it, it's, gonna get, it's gonna get better, and it's gonna get better sooner rather than later. And I know everybody, it's been a long, it's been a long time, and I know people are impatient with it, but it is gonna get better. Um, with respect to the Little League and some of the parking issues that have been raised, my son is older. Um, when he was playing Little League, the Mervins went out of business and we parked in the empty Mervins lot. Um, then the Safeway moved and then you can't park in the Safeway lot because it's full of Safeway folks. And I imagine that people have started parking over in that office area not supposed to be parking over there, weren't supposed to be parking in the Mervyn's lot, and I'm familiar with the whole foul ball issue along Maria and along Park and how you want to park your car far away so you don't get hit with the foul balls. Um, but realistically, that's just kind of the way that that area was 
was designed. I, I you know, there is no parking lot for that little league field. Um, there's no parking lot for any of the little league fields in town. Um, there's not one for the national little league fields over on the west side of town. There's not one for the American Little League. They're all, um, it's all street parking. That's just the only fields where we have designated parking are when you get to the junior and senior level of Little League and the kids play at Prince Park and then there's parking at Prince Park. But that that's a common problem throughout town. Um, I agree with what uh, Commissioner Wick and Commissioner Wolpert have said. What this is designated for in the general plan, and I was the chair of the planning commission when we were doing all the general plan hearings, but I gotta tell you that, that changing this designation, this general plan designation, results in less density and less traffic than what it's currently, um, what the current land use designation is on this property. Um, this, is, this is better. It's not as good for the people in the neighborhood who've enjoyed a office park that's 50% occupied because there's hardly anybody in there, but it's, it, that's not what this parcel is designated at, at for use. It's designated mixed use, which means you could conceivably have something on there with a half a million square feet of commercial space plus as much residential as, as this would allow. So it's, it's really not a question of preserving a half vacant office park. It's a question of what, what's gonna go there because there's something, something is gonna go there. It's not gonna stay, it's not gonna stay the way it is. So um, I understand your concerns. I'm sympathetic to your concerns, but I really think that this is a better, um, it's a better choice than, than what is currently the land use designation. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, just to um, add on to what Commissioner Miller said, I too have um, kids that have played at that ball field. They are nationals uh, kids, but we, we've, head over, we've headed over there many times for games. I have a dent on one of my doors uh, from a foul ball from those fields, so I can appreciate uh, all the concerns um, and the proximity of it. I honestly appreciate the concerns of the neighbors. You've clearly gathered, you've banded together, you've discussed this, you've rallied. Uh, so I don't I think your concerns are well-founded. I think um, there's, I do believe you need to separate what we're looking at today, which is 35 Maria Drive, and to me, I'm, Addison Ranch is not part of the consideration. It's not what's in front of us. So whatever may come down the road or what is being proposed, it, that's, I'm looking at 35 Maria Drive, and I, I view those two things as very different. What I'm, I have studied what this project is about. I believe that these market rate apartments are going to attract the kind of people you want in your neighborhood. I do believe that more eyes on the creek is better than less eyes 
I think a half-occupied office complex where nobody's around at night, while it may benefit the neighborhood, I don't think it also, I don't think it benefits the neighborhood because it's added to the deterioration of the creek. All of those activities are occurring at night, whether your mattresses and your trash and your fires, those are all there because there's, I, I believe, in part and parcel because that office complex is empty and there's no eyes on that project. So, um, I just honestly believe that this type of development is going to improve the area from what it is now. And I do believe it could be worse in terms of size, but I do, um, I don't think the current, the current environment is not going to help to improve the safety and um, I think that you know right now there is no plan to continue for the status quo of that apartment of that office complex so it is my belief that this is the best plan going forward for that space thank you So I'd like to add on to that. Um, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to the members of the public who've uh, shared with us their sentiments. Um, you know, like Richard said, I think there's a real sense of community here, and the neighbors really care about each other, and they've really definitely shown that by coming together here tonight. And I think that all of us up here have taken that to heart and are thinking about that very carefully in our consideration. Um, and one of the things, and again, I don't want to repeat what everyone has said up here, but I really believe that a lot of the concerns that you've addressed will actually be solved or improved by this project. Um, pollution, um, you know, crime, the lack of safety, you know, those concerns you mentioned when um, Greenbrier became Addison, how it changed and a lot of that had gone away and um, things were back to, you know, how it used to be. I think that this project here will be similar in a sense of bringing that kind of um, sense of um, s safety um, back into your community. Um, and, and I believe that those other factors, such as traffic and parking and privacy issues, they may, they may still be there, but I think that we can find mitigating ways to um, you know, resolve some of these, those issues as we go forward with the project. We talked, um, you know, as we get in deeper into some of the traffic studies and some of the projects, projects going on in town that will help mitigate traffic. I know we talked about Rainier, when is that gonna happen? But these are all things that are gonna, are in, will be in the works at some point and um and i think that if you know we can work together we can we can find ways to continue to address the issues as we move forward in the project i think this is something that um is a process in which we can collaborate on thank you well i um i too appreciate thanks i too appreciate the comments i heard tonight um, it is a sweet little neighborhood. I've walked through it. Um, I'm born and raised in this town. You're all newbies. And I've seen some 
you know, I, I've gritted my teeth more times than not with with proposed options similar to the ones we're considering today, and um, it it occurs to me that change is very difficult and it's never clean and it's not simple, particularly in a town where we have a lot of um, really basic um, traffic issues that are finally, slowly, um, methodically being met. We're working on them and, and they're not solving themselves quickly. And your neighborhood is in a vulnerable location. You guys are getting the brunt of a lot of what's going on in this town. And I know that's not easy. Um, I remember when where you live was a field. And it was surrounded by fields. And, and the developers came into town and it was, uh, you know, it was, oh my gosh, the fields are going away. And um, it, it, you know, was a little bittersweet. But this town has, um, has, a, has a great sense about it and has always been a welcoming town. I, I would hate to see a project that I think really does benefit the greater community here. I think there is a real need and I think this is really indeed a very reasonable location for a project like this. I think it's well-sided. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for you. It is going to change the character somewhat. But I tend to agree with, with my fellow commissioners that the character should be, um, in many ways, maybe not all, but in many ways, a distinct improvement. I think that you will have um, my understanding of how, how crime and blight happen in neighborhoods and how they are and how they recover. This is a kind of project that recovers that condition. This does not add to it. I, I do sincerely believe that. Um, and I think that there, um, I think that if you were faced with a project that actually um, met the requirements of the current general plan and zoning, you would be very unhappy with us. Um, there, there, it would not be a pretty sight. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't want to have anything to do with it. And it's much more intense than what you're looking at right now. Much more. And, and the, this, is a, um, this is an area where there's going to be a lot of interest. So something is going to happen there. And I think that this, you know, I, I don't take changing or suggesting changes to the plan um, or zoning lightly at all. I truly don't. But I think that this is an, an ill-planned designation and I think it would be for the better to move forward with this change. So. Okay. Um, at this point I think we should address some of the uh, resolutions in front of us. And the first one is the um, adoption of the mitigated uh, negative declaration and the uh, monitoring program. Um, do we just entertain a simple motion on this? If you're ready to proceed. So moved. Okay, do I have a second? I second. 
Okay, those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, that pa passes unanimously. Um, Mr. Chair? Yes, I could ask you a quick question. Thank you. Um, I think there was one um, that one edit that staff recommended to this resolution, but but that was that was it. Is that right? Right. Just the clarifying the project is subject right. was the only. And change. and I don't know if any of these subsequent resolutions have any similar suggestions. Uh, otherwise, those the comments of staff I think were into the record in terms of just record issues. Is that is that right? Correct. Um, there was a couple of them that were on the SPAR, the draft SPAR, but you won't be adopting the SPAR tonight. That's, that's more informational. That's something that would come back to you um, should it go through council and when it would come back for site plan and architectural review. So those changes would right. be made in the record and the printed version you would get at any subsequent hearing. So, so that's informational and not being acted upon tonight. So Correct. if, if we could. I don't recall that there was anything to the other resolutions, correct, Ali? No. No. So, it, so if we could clarify for the record then that the, the action on, on the resolution that we just heard is including the proposed staff amendment. Um, do you do you want me to make the amendment? Do you want me to make the motion with the with the? Um, I, I mean, I can do it. Just acknowledging that, okay. that that's incorporated. That'd be um, excellent. Thank you. So yeah. So the motion includes the. Um, the staff revision in the second whereas whereas the project is subject to the Petaluma General Plan 2025 and that's attachment A the mitigated negative deck. Thank you. I second. Thank okay. you. And everyone's still okay Aye. with that? Okay. Aye. Thanks very much. Um, attachment B is the um, resolution for the general plan amendment to change the designation from mixed use to high density density resolution excuse me change the land use designation from mixed use to high density residential for this um, Maria Drive apartment project so I just a couple of things um, first of all I'm just noticing that it says high dynasty instead of density in that um, at the top of attachment B and also um, there is a blank space for the resolution number. So do we have a resolution number? Or? We'll add that in once the clerk assigns the resolution number. Okay, all right. Then um, subject to that revision, high density instead of high dynasty, um, I will move attachment B. I second. Have, okay. May we have discussion on the motion, please? Yes. Good. Um, again, you know, we're, we're looking at a general plan an amendment to the general plan. I think it's an improvement upon the designation that's there now, but I am I'm concerned in the I mean my in my uh, short tenure on the commission here we've now considered two general plan amendments dealing in one manner or another with mixed use. I have a feeling we're going to see more and I just I want to make sure that we make sure that this is a thoughtful and exceptional process. So in light of that I would ask uh, commissioners to consider some changes to um, finding number seven on the back page of, uh, of attachment B. And that's the public benefit, and I thank staff for including this, uh, the public interest finding that we need to make as a, as a uh, recommending body on this to the city council. Um, and that gives us a broad, broad discretion to impose um, 
things we think are of, of public benefit consistent with uh, the aims of the project. And the ones I would ask the commission to consider are maximizing on-site on um, solar power generation, maximizing pervious surfaces, stormwater retention instead of filtering, and uh, Maria Drive frontage improvements subject to an analysis from the city engineer. I'm sorry, what was after uh, PV was your second lid? Was item? maximizing Attention. pervious services. So pervious pavement, mm -hmm. other treatments. Stormwater retention instead of just filtering. And Maria Drive frontage improvements subject to uh, the city engineer's analysis. And the reason I, I state that in that manner is that there may be some way of coordinating this with whatever limited road improvement budgets the public works director has, um, in addition to whatever may be happening with Addison Ranch. Um, and the reason why I would ask the commission to consider including these in, in finding seven is some of these might fall outside the normal purview of SPARC or SPAR review. Um, but since we have this opportunity, um, and it may also give people some chance to think about this when they're coming to or thinking about coming to us for general plan amendments. So are, are you discussing or suggesting that the uh, photovoltaics would be the installation of actual panels, not just ready for panels? Well, again, looking at... Uh, and we're a little ahead of ourselves. This is gonna little, a little up. ahead of ourselves because of the SPAR review. Right. Um, but but noting, and I just want to be able to link back that we, as part of the gen, general plan amendment, we had the authority to make this kind of a requirement. Okay. And that was part of the basis of making the project approval and changing the land use designation. And I, I would actually ask the question that since this is a, a general plan amendment to the community's general plan, that perhaps there should be some consideration to improvements to the greater community, not just the specific project. And I, that's more difficult to assess, but I'm thinking about the, um, the pathway along the creek or sure. something that improves uh, bicycle safety for the kids. Or uh, and, I, and I think it, if we're going to make community improvements, it, it should be stuff that's Approximate to the um, to the surrounding neighborhood, so something like the creek uh, creek path improvements, um, and and frontage improvements, street improvements to Maria Drive, which is not in the best shape for all of us who transit along there. No. So may I get some clarification? Uh, can we include those as um, our suggested uh, general conditions? to the city council or justifications for making the finding of a public benefit so here's our su suggestion commissioners to see what you think about it um, it's certainly um, I, I, I'm hearing that at least some of the commissioners and maybe all would like to uh, or would like the city council to ultimately be able to make findings um, of public benefit that recognize these kinds of additional features of the project. Um, I don't think they can be made now because they haven't been been proposed and we don't have a basis that we've identified so far for insisting on them. Um, 
but this is a recommending body and this is a recommending action and it certainly is conceivable that the commission could recommend that the council when this comes before them seek those contributions from the project um, and that the council upon getting some or all those by agreement or, so, or, or some other proper and lawful means um, from the applicant and then make those findings of public benefit. So our thought in terms of the structure of this uh, recommendation resolution for tonight would be to, um, that it may be cleanest um, if, if, the, if the commission agrees that this implements their intent, to add a number nine um, and in that item to, um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask the, um, pl the planning manager to provide some, some more specific wording, but in that item, recommend, have the commission recommend to the city council that the city council um, uh, request um, and seek agreement of the applicant to provide as part of the project these these items and we can we can and should recite them assuming the, c the commission all, all, all want that to be part of the recommendation or a majority do um, and and that the council uh, upon um, uh, to, to the extent those uh, the council successful in um, uh, having some of the or all of those features become a part of the project um, can then um, include those in the finding of public benefit under uh, government code section 65358 okay so that's a little bit amorphous that what but, but conceptually that's 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 a structural suggestion for doing that if, if, if that's something uh, majority of the commission would like to include um, addressing some or all those features and we should verify that of course before we do yes so before I get into more detail on how we form that into some kind of motion let me get some feedback from the other commissioners about how you feel about that um, we're talking about um, a strong um, asking council to have this project include photovoltaics uh, maximizing impervious surfaces, uh, more stormwater retention, uh, improvements on uh, the frontage of Maria Drive, and um, significant upgrades to the uh, bike path. I'll, I'll say along Washington Creek, just to clarify. Um, so it sounds like what we have, we have very, some very specific items. Could we also sort of maybe have not like a catch-all, but if we're talking about like the green initiatives, and I know that they're working with the staff um, to improve those, maybe to kind of capture that into it and saying that um, that we'd recommend the council to um, consider consider um, that the changes to those green initiatives would also be sort of part of the. I mean, unless, are those green initiatives, cons I mean, is that, I mean, would that kind of go with your public benefit idea? I mean, I guess that's kind of what you were. Yeah, my, my concern was that there are some, to 
there are some things that we might want to require as a public benefit that might not fall within the normal scope of the um, the city's green initiative or typical spar review okay okay so, so this is the time to incorporate those improvements through this specific finding okay so that later when we come back to spark someone doesn't say well you know this is just spar review so the creek's not relevant or or street improvements aren't relative okay so i see okay i think i understand better so so so, so, so is this something that the the rest of the uh, commission is uh, favorable about well i just have a question i i am reluctant to go into a laundry list in in a general plan amendment because i don't really think that that's an appropriate place for it but it does these are concerns that i do think come up when the project comes back um for spar review and there are they and we certainly i think have indicated um, to the project applicant that we are very interested in seeing um, better green initiatives in this project that we'd like to see solar in it um, you know we, we we'd like to see um, uh, stormwater retention I mean these are all things that um, the city advocates pretty pretty uh, stringently you know advocates for these things and so I think you know as a planning commission we've certainly indicated that we're interested in that but I'm I am concerned about putting in a list because for one thing if you start listing things then maybe you have somebody come back and say oh well that wasn't in your list so I don't have to do that and I don't want that to happen so that's my concern with it so um there isn't anything that you would like to see added in terms of public benefit for granting the uh general plan amendment well i think the the public benefit is is in here i think if if we want to say something just generally about um you know green initiatives in here i think we can but I I am a little concerned about and and I could be wrong but I'm a little concerned about making a list and then you know having leaving something off the list that we maybe think about later is, so, so is my let concern. me suggest this what if what if uh, since we're talking around uh, environmental issues and in, in the construction what if we suggested a uh, lead standard for this like silver gold I mean so we're saying we want this to be at a certain level and that's that's it's not specific but it definitely it raises the bar it raises the bar and it says kind of what that level is going to be and they can attain that as they want and that something like that might certainly apply to the to the on-site improvements that we just talked about the solar power, the pervious right. services, the stormwater retention. Right. But if you want to reach the things like creek trail improvements and Marina Drive street frontage improvements, those might not fall within the typical scope of a spa review. And those are probably more important to the surrounding neighborhoods than any of the things that we would do on site. They probably care more about having the street improved and the creek improved. There is a there is a neighborhood category though in the in the lead categorization so you do get points for benefiting the neighborhood right so but as far as having the legal nexus to get to those kind of improvements 
This is an this is an opportunity, folks. I hope we don't pass it by. So, well, I have a suggestion. Cherry pick those those right. lead points. Right. So, I have a suggestion. Could we kind of do both? Sort of provide this general standard and then include some specifics, but say this is not limited to these specifics, but you know, and that's specifics as as that's examples. like the creek site, you know, improvements and the right. things that Commissioner Wick has suggested. Excuse me, Chair. Might we, as the applicant, have a chance to address your comments? I think that's important that that we we hear that from the applicant, um, Mr. Chair. But I I think it'd be helpful if we could finish this this um, deliberation and recognizing that it's going to be important to hear some response from the applicant. Um, so we're we're in the process of trying to see if we have some consensus about right. um, providing. I do want to make sure that we don't get too specific on things like street frontage or types of improvements along the creek since we don't have our city engineer here right. tonight you know like like you mentioned something that um, I mean we had this happen with another review where we started talking about a signal that hadn't been analyzed we didn't know or a signalized crosswalk I think it was mm -hmm. um, so I want to make sure that we have enough room in here um, based on some of that so that he can weigh in on 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 anything that might be required for the project just since he's not here we don't have the benefit okay. of as long as we don't lose Kurt the Bates being here well so um so see if we can sort of is there is there more are there more thoughts about what you'd like to encourage at the council level that haven't already been mentioned by commissioners because i think we can look at a way to sort of efficiently package this and I can I want to provide a couple contextual comments and then we can hear from I think we could hear from the applicant is, is there anything else we haven't I would just like to add that it, I f it feels like we're getting ahead of ourselves I honestly don't know what provisions may or may not fall under a SPAR review. Uh, I'm prepared to act on this resolution based on the eight points and not, I'm not prepared to work on a ninth paragraph in terms of the specifics because I do think there's an opportunity to leave things out and so I'm, I'm not comfortable adding things at this hour. So, uh, uh, Mr. Chair, I'd suggest that maybe just a short straw poll to see yeah. how many commissioners want to add a recital with some or all of the suggestions to the to the council's part of the reso. Yeah, let's do that. How how many would be in favor of in, of including a ninth category on on setting some standards that we would like to see included? In favor? Aye. Three, four, and opposed. Two. Opposed. Opposed. Okay. Four two. Okay. So, um, w w does, uh, I was hearing um, two main categories of suggestions by those who were in favor of them. One was um, um, heightened or or, or greater uh, or more green points or higher um, green building standard, um, and the other was some um, project. Um, impact related neighborhood impact related um, f 
features that may not be covered under under green building points like um, uh, some kind of uh, Marie Drive improvements and some kind of uh, uh, trail enhancements. Did, was there anything else that was in that category? No, that's it. Okay, so um, so I think that could be articulated that way um, in the category of um, recommendations to the uh, a recommendation of the council along with the rest of this, which is all a recommendation, and it's not binding on the council's action, to uh, seek those project features uh, um, or elements um, addressing those issues um, in, uh, in consideration of the discretionary approval that's being sought. Because remember, just sort of big picture, um, you know, there's been a good discussion, I think, tonight of what the project proposed benefits are, how, how um, granting the discretionary approval that's sought actually impacts the site and the neighborhood in terms of what, what, the, what is the density and what are the impacts, and that's exactly how this discussion should focus because that's the legislative change that's at issue. Um, but it's it's also a fact that um, there's nothing no one can require the, the the discretionary exercise of the legislative body to grant that approval it's it is a discretionary action and these kinds of um, project features are ones um, under the government code that um, are relevant to the agency's discretionary exercise of, of, of that legislative change so um, so do you, Heather, well, I think, I guess I'd suggest it would be good to hear from the applicant in terms of what their, what their view of, of what you're considering recommending is. And then um, if we need to confer more on, on language, we can. I don't know if we might need a recess or something for that. And then we can bring it back to the commission. Okay. Thanks. Let's Thank hear from you. you. <clears throat> Thank All you right. very much. My name is Judy Davidoff. I'm with Shepard Mullen, and I'm the land use attorney for the project applicant. And while we very much appreciate this discussion, we do agree uh, with certain commissioners that it is going a little bit ahead of ourselves. While we're fine with considering these items, what we really have a an issue with is imposing standards at this late hour without a discussion of what those standards are, how they might impact the rest of the project, et cetera. I think it's fine to consider certain issues, but I think imposing standards when, um, is really problematic. And, and that includes lead standards that would be different for us than for other projects. And Marty, you may have some additional comments. Yeah, I'd just like to add that, um, you know, as we discussed previously, the environmental um, requirements are changing both from a green building perspective as well as the California Title 24's uh, requirements. And, you know, that's one reason why we would appreciate the flexibility to meet those requ unknown requirements as they present themselves. Um, you know, we, 
we do have a lot in the way of community benefits here, which I, I know you recognize, and we appreciate your desire to to strengthen that. Uh, we're we're open to a dialogue on that subject. You know, we we worked closely with staff on some of those items to get us here today. Um, things like providing 144 bicycle parking stalls to really encourage, you know, reduction of uh, vehicle use and pedestrian uh, friendly project. Um, and in addition, I think. You know, one of the reasons why we're here today is uh, City Council uh, reduced some development and impact fees, which allow projects like these to come before you here today. Um, and so we, we do need to be mindful going forward that with our project and what we're proposing here, there is a limit to what we can agree to here today in terms of um, where we go from a financial impact. So we appreciate your, your consideration. Well, I, I would I would say that part of the our discussion about uh, the um, environmental aspects of your project was from your introducing the green initiatives, and I think all we're trying to do is just kind of have a universally defined level at what those are going to be. I mean, when you say you're going to meet uh, Title Twenty Four standards, that's really the bottom line anything less is failure so that's not really something to uh, tell us how green your project's going to be right can, can I just add to that I we, we appreciate sure. that comment um, you know our we have gone through the exercise of going through a green building checklist mm -hmm. green point rated system uh, we are in line with the most recent uh, pro green projects in Petaluma things like Kelgren senior housing uh, the quarry the KB Homes Quarry Project. And I'm not aware is, of those being green projects. Well, they, these are projects that uh, submitted Greenpoint checklists, and they were on the order of a uh, hundred to a hundred and seven points on that on today's Greenpoint checklist. Our project stacks up very favorably with those other projects that were previously approved. Um, and given the design of the project, we do have a few limitations. I mean, you can get higher points if you build higher density, for example. And we heard a lot of those concerns here tonight. If we were to build a, a podium project, um, you know, of a much greater density, that would actually increase our points. So, well, but if you're doing a green project, you're you're already planning on getting a lot of points. So I just it just seems like it's a matter of saying that. Yes, we're we're saying we're going to do this, and it's going to be verified by a third party, and you can count on us to live up to it. Sure, Commissioner Wolpert, I just want to make sure on the Title Twenty Four, we're saying we're exceeding Title Twenty Four by fifteen percent. Right, which is kind of the Cal Green standard. Yeah, when that's that's our standard. A and at the end of the year, that the Title Twenty Four standards are going to multiply. It's coming in a few months, so we don't know whether we're going to get a permit in this year or next year. If it's next year, if we say 15% now, that's really 30%. Well, it's all getting tougher. So that just that's the only reason we don't want to have a very precise requirement written in now at this late hour. We don't know exactly where those standards are going. We haven't done the mechanical system design. So if if we were encouraged to meet a certain Greenpoint rated standard or something like that, would be one thing. We just don't want to have specifics that we don't know if we can comply with. We 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 do know where we stand today, and we are prepared to agree to. Um, meet the standards that that currently exist. You know there is the unknown of the changing green building well, it, code. Okay, but but what we're what we're prepared to do here today, we've got a project that more than uh, that meets more than double the point requirement under Cal Cal Green, which is 50 points. We're prepared to commit to a project that uh, that meets under today's 
project checklist, 100 points, which is in line with the, the Kelgrin, the, the Quarry Heights project. Um, so if that, that kind of limits the, the scope in, in a way that we would be comfortable with and you know, gives us the flexibility to meet those in, in various ways to adapt with the changes that are coming. If I could add just one last point, I think that the discussion by the architect illustrates our point that it, while it's fine to consider all these subjects and we're more than happy to enter into a dialogue about it, to impose a standard right now is just not an appropriate timing because there's a lot of issues around each one that needs to be discussed. Uh, okay. I'd like to address that specifically. Um, it's, I don't think any, I'm not hearing anyone on the dais and, and certainly it's staff understand that it's not the role of this body to impose, like right now, impose additional requirements other than those that are, exist under the general plan and the zoning code. And, and that's not what I'm hearing and that's not what staff are, 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 are providing the way of imp suggested implementing language for the resolution. What I'm hearing is, um, is a majority of the commissioners uh, wishing to include in the recommendation resolution encouragement um, that the, the city council consider seeking some additional enhancements to the project along the lines of, of what's been suggested and, and the planning manager has some some uh, I think fairly general and flexible language that captures that recognizing that you know the existing um, building code requirements and those that exist you know when the project actually you know gets entitlements um, are, are, are what they are and they're not subject to revision tonight but since this is a discretionary action that's being sought it's certainly within the purview of the Planning Commissioner to, to make I believe to make a recommendation like this that is just that that, that the council may take up or may not um, Correct. I, yeah, I agree. I think this is this is we're not imposing a standard. We're recommending to the city council um, to consider um, these items. That and we've had such you know we we've had such dialogues between applicants and the council when they're actually getting ready to exercise their discretion. And sometimes applicants are 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 very amenable to uh, to improving a project in a way that the council seeks but can't require. And sometimes they're not. And and then you know we assist with that because it's you know uh, the city council can't can't you know redo the zoning code or the general plan on the fly either, um, even though they're the legislative body. So anyway, that's I, that, I hope that's a clarifying comment. Yeah, consideration, as you just said, that we're fine with that. Right. right. So I think that's, that. that's what we're planning to do here because so, obviously we can't impose anything. That's certainly what staff are hearing. So um, I'd like to suggest that we hear the proposed language and, and if we have further applicant comments or, and or commission comments, great. We can, we can, we can take those, you know, as direction. So I feel All like right. this gets it started. Uh, so no, a number nine, adding a number nine in the public interest associated with the proposed general plan amendment. Planning Commission recommends that the City Council seek agreement from the applicant to include greater green building features into the project design and incorporate neighborhood improvements such as Maria Drive improvements and Washington <coughs> Creek Trail enhancements. Works for me. In my opinion, there's no, it's too vague, it's, there's no, there's no standard. So I mean, I, it, 
if we're going to talk about initiatives, I mean, we started out tonight talking about this project exceeding certain green standards, and where we're at now is that they're going to meet whatever standards there are, but they're undefined except by the building code or Title 24, which are the the minimum standards. Do you mind if I just clarify? We, you know, under the existing code today on the what, Greenpoint what? rated checklist. Right. Um, the, the minimum points required is 50 on the checklist. We're proposing double that to 100 points. And whose who's standard are we referring to? This is the Greenpoint rated standard. Through Build It Green? Through Build It Green. Okay. Correct. So I, I just or wanted multi -family to... multifamily housing, their, their checklist. Their, their requirement is 50 points. What we're proposing is, is double that. Okay. So I think um, I think it's important the the language and what what Heather just read it says such as mm -hmm. and if the if um, I think that's important for the commission's um, what I'm hearing is the commission direction and in terms of the applicant's concerns because uh, I think it addresses both adequately if the commission has more precise language for us following the such as or some other exemplary maybe more of a benchmark that the commissioners want that's more specific but there's still a such as so that you know that I think that makes clear that that's not anything that's um, that's and and certainly could not be binding on the on the council as this is just a recommendation but yeah. that might be a clearer one so if there's direction with respect to that we could say um, include greater green building features to achieve a minimum of a hundred points Green point rated points under yeah under or equivalent green, you know something family right I think that's great I think that's a I we think that's great too and I'd just like to add that if we could make that under current standards because we do have an unknown environment ahead of us where they haven't drafted the revised at the end of the year that standard is going to be changing so we can definitely agree to that today under the known standard that's we, fine. So, so are so we something saying like such as inc to include greater green building features to achieve a minimum of 100 points under today's build it green under the current build it green checklist and this is all preceded by the such as right that you had yeah. I no, I'm not sure where the such as Seek agreement from the applicant to include greater green building features to achieve a minimum of 100 points under today's Build It Green multifamily standards checklist. Can you back further up in the language? In the public interest associated with the proposed general plan amendment, the Planning Commission recommends that the City Council seek agreement from the applicant For the to following. include greater green building features. Such as? Well, instead of such okay. as, we're okay. saying to achieve such a minimum zero. of 100 points. That allows them, that's not saying what exact, it's not prescribing what features they're going to add. It's saying doing stuff to but, achieve but that. But the such as needs to apply to the green building, to the street improvements, and to the creek improvements. I think that's what council is saying. Not to speak for him. Excuse me, if we could clarify also that today's, the current version is as of right now, because we don't know 
what it's going to be three months from now. So if you, it could be as of today's date, the green building standards. Yeah. Okay. In the public interest associated with the proposed general plan amendment, the Planning Commission recommends that the City Council seek agreement from the applicant to include features such as greater green building features. Uh, I don't like features twice in one sentence. Sorry, I don't either. <laughs> um. I think we could all forgive. Greater green building elements to achieve a minimum of 100 points under the current build it green multifamily checklist. Uh, neighborhood improve uh, Maria Drive improvements, comma and Washington Creek trail enhancements. There you go. Does that work? Yep. And it will be dated today because of the date of the resolution. If we hurry, can can I make one suggestion? Sure. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I hate to belabor this, but it does occur to me that the neighborhood improvements are um, are a really high priority here, more so than the on-site. Um, I mean, the on-site stuff is important. They're they're already exceeding what we've asked them to do. I'm not saying to take that out of there, but I'm saying can we can we somehow emphasize our understanding of the importance of, of the neighborhood um, improvements as part of this recommendation. The, uh, the other thing that I just want to say very quickly is all of these on-site improvements are all subject to SPAR review. So I really don't think they need to be in um, in this general plan amendment, um, I I do get where the commission is coming from with respect to the community improvements that, being in the general plan amendment. But I think the rest of this stuff, to be honest with you, doesn't have a place in the general plan amendment. That's just my my personal opinion on it because it's all subject to spar. We don't know when it's going to come back before us. We don't know what the standards are going to be when it comes back before us. And I don't like the idea of us assuming that this is what we're going to want when it maybe doesn't come back to us until after the, the requirements change or, or, or whatever. So that's my concern with it. I'm a lot more comfortable supporting this if we just add a number nine that addresses a recommendation to the city council that we seek neighborhood improvements like you know Washington Creek trail enhancement and Maria Drive street improvements um, I think that's cleaner I think that's simpler and and that's really what what I would encourage the commission to do are you amending your motion well, no, let me, let me address that for a minute. The, the reason it doesn't work under SPAR review is because a lot of the, the concepts involved in green building have to do with the planning of the project. And when this comes back to us for SPAR review, it's going to be a planned project. We're going to be looking at colors and materials. But in the planning process, process is where you get all the, the points for uh, the way the buildings are oriented, if you want solar, 
the way you've engaged in the neighborhood by creating uh, gathering places or bike trails or bike parking all of a lot of these things are already part of this project but if they're not part of the planned process and they're and they're left for spar review then then it's just going to be um, you know recycled material and countertops it's going to be really superficial items and not the real important items that would be incorporated during planning that's that's my perspective so I think it is important to have it as part of this process and not postponed for a later uh, spar review and, and the general plan in amendment is the thing that is kind of capturing this because some of this does go above and beyond what our code requires through SPAR review. So I think that there has been times when the Planning Commission has tried to get certain things during SPAR review and hasn't been able to get them based on what the code requires unless the applicant agrees. Yeah. And so in this moment, there's an applicant that's agreeing to a certain uh, additional points, but if it's not memorialized somewhere, that may not be the same situation at SPAR review. Or, or I would say the applicant's expressing a willingness to engage with the council to see if it can, can, can get to that point when yeah. it comes up before the council. I, I would also add that the critical discretionary approval is the general plan amendment even though the, the the zoning is also it's also also needs to happen just as critical but without the general plan amendment the project doesn't happen so that's the time when in terms of consideration of, of winning if you will the discretionary approval that's that's it's the, these kinds of considerations make sense recognizing that the planning commission can't impose them it can just suggest them right commissioner petnick have we we haven't really addressed your concerns. We haven't changed anything. What would you like us to do to improve it? Is there, is there any any little wordcraft language that we can do with that? You have everything in there that we've that we've, you know. Well, when you could change the order, right. you could bring the neighborhood improvements to the top of the order, just to and, kind and of say emphasize in order them. in this order of priority can't do that but it, something else you, that if I if I could, one of the great reasons we have a council member sitting as a liaison commission is to convey the spirit of our actions back to the council and I think Commissioner Miller's probably got that down pretty well all, all I wanted to add is, is it's hard to do this kind of legislative drafting on the fly and I think we're in and and, and it's it's challenging and can even be fun even though it can also be nerve-wracking um, but I think we're getting to the level of nuance it's really really hard to do um, I think I was gonna give the same suggestion Heather did about just changing the order because usually precedence is given in just in, in the readers mind to what's mentioned first um, but I think they're all you know the critical thing substantively is if the Commission is trying to give a message to the council that it believes this is a worthy project, worthy of, of winning discretionary approval for the needed uh, general plan and zoning amendments um, that would be enhanced by these considerations that you want to suggest, that would be further enhanced by and, and, the, and the needed findings for the, for the discretionary approval would be further enhanced by features such as these which the 
council may seek support um, for from the applicant. That's what I'm hearing is the majority's wish, and that substance, I think, is captured by that. And certainly by that, in addition to those of us that are here tonight that will be at the council meeting that can also help relay what, what our understanding of the commission's recommendation. Okay, so we have, we have uh, this resolution um, with a motion carried. Uh, we had discussion. We haven't voted on it yet. Do we need to um, revise our motion to the, include the maker in the second? If there um, and and I and even I think we maybe should get it read into the record one last time. With I'm sorry, Heather, but <laughs> it's good to have a clear record. So can we we can refer to um, this motion as including um, number nine. Yeah, I think it's the maker of the motion in the second. If they would, say, if if they would, after after that gets read again, if they would, if they're willing to note, um, and I'm I, you know, I'm in favor of so okay. amending the motion, then we take the vote, and I think All right. we're there. So it would be adding a number nine that says in the public, in the public interest associated with the proposed general plan amendment, the planning commission recommends that the city council seek agreement from the applicant to include such features as Maria Drive improvements, Washington Creek trail enhancements, and greater green building features to achieve a minimum of 100 points under the current Build It Green multifamily checklist. That sounds good. Okay. So then may I have um, a motion again? Well, the, so. So the maker of the motion has to decide whether she wants to amend it to include that language, and if she doesn't, then the I don't. Somebody else is going to have to. Uh, I was going to have to make the motion. I, I'm I'm on board with the neighborhood improvements, but um, I don't like the tying down the the green standards, which I think I've already explained my reasoning for. Okay. So okay, somebody else. So then we need a new motion. We need to start over. But but I think that's that okay. that wording is clear in the record. I'll motion. Second. No second. I'll second. Okay. Uh, so we've got a motion and a second for um, the resolution as presented with that added provision. So the added provision. And so Nine. if so you wanted to take have, a, have a vote. Aye. 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 Can okay. we vote? Opposed? In, in, I think just me. Yeah. So okay. it's it motion passes. Miller opposed. Correct. Thank you. Okay. Attachment C: Our resolution to um, approve the zoning map amendment to rezone from planned unit district R five. I'll move. I, I didn't get that right. I'll move that we. Uh, Approve the resolution. Is it ordinance or a resolution? It's a resolution. That we point. approve the resolution. I second. Second. I second. Approve. Are those four? Aye. 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 So that. Opposed? Unanimous. Okay. And um, I think the last piece is just if there's anything, any feedback, additional feedback that the Planning Commission would like to provide to the applicant on the site plan and architectural review so they could address that prior to coming back 
to the Planning Commission after Council if there's anything specific to provide as feedback. Right now? If, if you would like to. Uh, my, my concerns were kind of the air conditioning units, but we've talked about that. And uh, I really appreciate your willingness to, to make this a great project. I think you got a sense tonight on the uh, impact that the neighborhood feels it's going to make to their personal lives. And um, it's um, you're, you're asking for a revision in their general plan. It's, it's not our general plan. And uh, I, I think that your willingness to, to make this project as good as it can be um, just speaks better of your project and you as the developer. And I, and I would also say to the, to the neighborhood, who's mostly left now, that I think Greenbrier is, is history. I think the, the worst of that era is, is gone and um, new development will not be the same. Um, not not this well i i think i think it can be improvements and i was i was a little disheartened tonight to hear some comments made that the people moving in uh they won't be one of us and this this community i think has always prided itself on on being welcoming so I, I, that that's fine but i i think um the neighborhood will be what we make of it, and uh, it, it can be positive. So, if there's no further comments, adjourn the meeting. Adjourn the meeting.